when I first got into what happened was I bought an iPad before Android had really started coming out with tablets mm-hmm. because I really wanted something to read like 500 pounds of manga. Um, That's a great manga, by the way. I, I love it. 500 pounds of manga. You guys read that? <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and um, I'm just going to not dignify that as a joke. Um, Why? It was and... great. It was the pinnacle of my humor. Keep climbing. (laughs) All right. All right. I'm going to kick us into the intro then. What was I going to say for the intro? I had an intro and I was going to say the it. intro or not. <laughs> it might as well be. Welcome Lately. to the Sox. Welcome to the Sox cast episode 24. I am your host as always, Polly, and to my immediate virtual right, he is a mechanized organism designed only for roaring. It's Rhett. Aw, I'm not a killer. No, you just roared all <laughs> over the place. What's up with that? You ever decide to keep that to yourself sometimes, or it's just, I'm going to rort all over the place? I have rort problems. You... <laughs> rort problems. <laughs> and Rhett, something very special about today. Oh, what's that? Be- our Today's guest is joining us all the way from fucking tomorrow. What do you think of that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. That's really cool. Joining us all the way from Japan land, it is the lovely and talented Miss Michelle Bells. Hello, hello. I don't know about the talented part, but uh, I'll try. Welcome to our dumb little podcast. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I really appreciate this. It means so... Okay, anyway. Yes. (laughs) It's just like, you don't have to blow smoke up my ass. I don't want to be here either. I'm just oh, trust me, that was just setting up a joke. I'm just, I'm just here for the paycheck. Um, Wait, there's a paycheck? <laughs> oh, oh. Um, oh. Anyway, um, you guys may have noticed that we are down one John today. Mm. That's, that's unfortunate, isn't it? He is, is he, out on assignment. So in, his, so in his stead, I have done the only thing that I knew to do, and that is get a new SoxCast correspondent. You guys think of that. So I want you guys to make a very warm welcome for your good friend and mine, Fart Piano. Oh, <laughs> uh, no. No. Um, so, hi, <laughs> Fart Piano. How's it going? Is that so? Huh. So, um... Let me ask you some some real <laughs> questions here, Fart Piano, before we get things started. Just to sort of, like, you know, get you in, get you in with the crowd, see how we're doing. Um, what do you think of the Saga series? Uh-huh. <laughs> what do you think of... Um, ask me that question. What do you think of Steven Universe? Oh, very excited. Very. That's very exciting. Uh, And I guess we can go with, like, ah, one more more question just for posterity. What do you think 
of Pokemon. Yeah, yeah. I think that our new correspondent uh, is going to do us some good. Don't you guys think? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, Very, I, think it's, uh, I think it's pretty I, spot on. As, as a way with words that we're Definitely. not really... It's not what you're used to, I guess, in a correspondent, but I, I, I think I think Gold Fart Piano's gonna, gonna do us some good. I'd like to take a moment to put myself on the record as saying I absolutely despise fart noises and fart jokes. I don't know why. I just <laughs> You did. are on the wrong <laughs> podcast, my dear. <laughs> it's okay. It's not my podcast. You have the wrong friend in me <laughs> if you don't like fart noises. <laughs> Alright, so I started the show off with a bit of a, you know, some humor, sort of like to get things going on a, on a good note, because <laughs> unfortunately not all is, uh, has been, you know, great as of late with this wonderful little game and industry that we have, because over uh, last week we lost basically one of the most talented and bright minds uh, in the, that was currently still in the industry, Mr. Satoru Iwata. And uh, I just felt that it would be appropriate for us to take some time and sort of acknowledge that as well as the impact that he's had on the industry um, and what he's done, you know, what he's been able to accomplish uh, being in an executive position uh, and, and being able to reach out to fans in a way that you just don't see. Um, so who would like to start things off? Don't everybody go at once? <laughs> yeah. Well... It sucks. It really does. Um, and just comes out of complete nowhere, really. This When you said, oh, he passed away, I'm like, what? Like, n- did not see this coming. Yeah. Just a massive blow. Just sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, I think there was definitely something about how little information had been shared that really, like... It made it harder to deal with, um, you know, not not knowing that anything was going on. Um, you know, we had that news last year that it was having some surgery, wouldn't be at E3, but, you know, you don't really think about, like, what that means in the long term, especially when they don't, when they're trying so hard to make sure that it doesn't sound like a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I just, I woke up, I was, uh, I was at actually I was at work and um, teaching a class and then I came back from teaching a class pulled out my phone and the very first thing I saw was damn son and what is dead and I was just like what? and I immediately felt like this feeling in my heart Just it was just like <sighs> so I was like okay this is this has got to be fake let me go look this up Aww. and you know it was not yeah they, they, they issued the most terse of uh, of, of um uh, press releases with um, yeah, uh, and I mean Nintendo is always, you know, known for being a very uh, private company with these sort of things. You know, when when it comes to, I mean, Japan as a whole is a very sort of our private personal related things are, you know, not something we discuss in business. Yeah, but still like the level of that that the Nintendo goes to it's a little bit i think a little bit deeper yeah it's 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 it doesn't give you time to prepare for something of no. this magnitude and 
with as close as Iwata had uh, endeared himself to fans ever since he took that executive spot, um, you know, not counting just the amazing engineering work that he's done throughout his career, but also just how uh, he brought a disposition to that position uh, that you don't think of when you think of game execs. Because, you know, when, like, Microsoft and Sony tend to trot out on an E3 stage, it's always this, yeah, bruh, games, yeah, you bros like games. (laughs) And... I don't think that there's anybody in the industry right now that embodies the level of love and just, you know, complete dedication to games as not only a business, but uh, an art form and a way to bring people together. And that's something that, you know, you really always, you have to admire about the man, is that his love of games was undeniable. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean... We've all heard 5,000 times now about that speech where, you know... Yeah, my business card... Business yeah. card. My business card said, uh, you know, uh, president, my brain is an engineer, and my heart is a gamer. And it's just like, that's, that's fucking deep. And, you know, a lot of people... There are a lot of people out there that like to say that, that like to say, I'm, I'm a gamer. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, corporate... I don't just mean, like, the general public... But the, they sort of almost don't know what that means when they say it, or they say it and it doesn't... I mean, I don't want to try and take away anyone's experience if they like playing games, but it doesn't feel like it rings true. Like, sometimes when I hear, you know, Reggie talk about what games he likes, and I just, I can't buy it. Yeah, I and... Completely it's, it's, buy it when he says it. And especially when you look at how badly he got thrashed at yeah. Smash Brothers, <laughs> uh... Prior to E3, that was uh, just like, oh, no. But I think, for me, the thing about Iwata is that um, he didn't just embody games. He embodied a a certain type of game. A a game that was... Well, what I would say is he embodied the fun of games. Not just games, but the fun of games. And I think that's really important because I think that the fun is what has been lost so much. It's it's not the focus anymore. There's so many things that are the focus of games now, and the fun keeps getting lost in that mix. And he was always about that. Absolutely. I think for me, you know... um, I've been doing a lot of work recently with trying to sort of uh, um, analyze and write articles and things about, uh, you know, feminism and gaming and, you know, LGBT-related things in gaming. And a part of me really is there, – there's two parts of me in, in my mind. There's the, there's the part of me that really wants a game with a story that's inclusive and, you know, makes, you know, people who are – you know, maybe minorities or maybe even the majorities feel good about themselves when they play it and really get involved in the story and the ideas. And then there's the other side of me that wants none of that in a game, that just wants the most pure, fun, completely and totally innocuous thing you can possibly do. And to me, like, that was most every game Iwata made. Like, he was the head of that style of of not being about issues. I mean, like, does anyone worry about how many, you know, people of color are in Kirby? (laughs) No. (laughs) 
is there a lesbian in balloon fight? No, nobody cares because that's not the point. You know. Nah, they got um, all the lesbians in Mario. Don't tell me Daisy's not a lesbian. <laughs> I sure want. Actually, I'm pulling more for uh, Rosalina, but that's another. I, I'm pulling for you there. I just kind of like 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 Daisy. Kind of strikes me more. What are we really? doing? <laughs> what the anyway, hell what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Inclusion. Woo. Woo, it's great. No, inclusion is not shipping. Shipping is not the same as inclusion. Anyway. There you go. Um So it it really bothered me because I feel like there's a lot of focus on one side and not enough focus on the other side and then to lose the one person who was really really focused on that side. Yeah. Just it really hurts me because I kind of wonder like who's gonna keep being that that other side that's saying let's just make games fun let's just make games fun yeah let's it, not try to make millions of dollars let's not try to tell a movie let's not do all this let's just make games fun yeah like let's yeah you know it, it leaves a lot of questions as to where Nintendo goes from here I have to think and that I had heard somebody mention that he was obviously training someone because uh, when you got when you've got bile duct cancer it's one of the hardest to deal with cancers and it usually takes people pretty fast yeah. so I have to think that he knew you know that it wasn't going to be very much longer and had to have been training someone in his stead but you really have to wonder like if that message got through if what you know and and, and like if that person could have even half as much experience in the industry that he had because i mean this guy saved earthbound this guy yeah. say this guy saved pokemon yellow this guy saved a super smash brothers game um, this guy like made Dragon Quest, the first game, <laughs> even better when it was brought to America. He, yeah. He's the one that made all of those changes for that game to be as presentable as it was because in its original form, it was it's kinda, terrible. It's kind of terrible. <laughs> I have it right over there. There's like at no it. animation at all. <laughs> you, 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 you. When you face left, right, your your character does not even change direction. Facing. They just right. Yeah, it's just the same. It's ridiculous. Oh. Yeah, oh. and then like yeah, he and did you, all and of you that. Can't, you can't say well, you 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 no, you can't say. You have to have passwords. I mean, it's it's like he changed all the things that make the first Dragon Quest really good in America. Mm-hmm. And um, gosh, I just don't. I mean. I think for me, part of it was the presence that he had. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, you know, like for me, like, I, okay, I don't have much of a family anymore. Most of my family doesn't talk to me anymore and a lot of blah, 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 blah that we won't go into. But sometimes when a person gets really um, not so much important, but just a, a, an everyday idea in my mind. And then they pass suddenly, mm-hmm. like that really hurts me. Um, That's totally understandable and, too. Well, sure, but I, but I mean, like for, for him, like it, it wasn't just that he was this person who did all these great things for games. It was that he was constantly in our homes, yes, you know, on our screens, trying to share that stuff with us, with, with mm-hmm. you know, 
is Iwata asks or the Nintendo directs and you know all, he just kept on you know putting himself in our lives mm-hmm. and you know it's, it doesn't feel like a dad or anything like that but it's a friend you feel like yeah. you're losing a friend yeah, me and Rhett had a very similar experience as did a, a lot of people that I know listen sure. to us when uh, Ryan Davis of Giant Bomb passed away mm-hmm. um, he was just like this very young very just loud happy guy and the dude gets married and then a day later kills over it's like what the fuck just happened but we had been you know like familiar with ryan from podcasts from videos all the time the guy was a part of our daily routine essentially and to lose that you know it's it's not weird at all to think you know you've lost a friend in some way and i'm the same way about uh, satoshi Kone. i absolutely mm-hmm. love the man's work and when he passed it tore me to pieces um <clears throat> So I don't think that that's abnormal or weird at all. You know, like, we get attached to these people because they have such shining personalities. Because you see their personality in their work. Yeah. And speaking of Satoshi Kon, I um, found a special edition Laserdisc uh, version of Perfect Blue that I bought and uh, sold to someone. You should have given it to Polly. (laughs) You should have asked. Also, you weren't on that Skype when that happened. Well, I, I should have been. Of, I was Skyping a group of friends while I was walking around the hard-off store. Oh, I'm yes, not a friend. I'm not a friend. I'm not a friend that gets perfect blue a laser discs. A group of friends. A group of friends. I can only be one person, Michelle. Well, <clears throat> what am I doing? Anyway, what am I doing? I, I think I'm drinking too much wine. Oh, I'm just drinking water. It's 9 a.m. there. Oh, right. It's tomorrow. <laughs> I haven't reached tomorrow yet. We will You're by the end of this. still in the party zone. We... <laughs> I'm still in the farty zone, but I never leave No, I there. said party zone, okay? <laughs> but I, I think farty zone when people say party. Because it's like, hey, if it's a party, there's a farty. Huh? Keep drinking that wine, maybe. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it, it's just a huge loss for the industry and i really hope that you know people can learn from that really shining example of like what it really means to be like someone with a vision someone with a passion uh in this industry i think that we do have people like that but i don't think that their voices are quite prominent enough yet like i i would throw uh rami ismail's name in there from Vlambeer. i think that guy's just got an amazing dedication to games but he also has a keen understanding of what it means to be a business as well um and he's just always really cool and outspoken about social issues as well so uh, he's someone that I really admire, and I hope to get on this podcast sometime, actually. Oh, <laughs> this podcast? Yeah. No, I, I, no, I'm not, not, not going to say I haven't emailed him already, so. Oh, we'll my see. God. We'll see. We'll see. It's all good. It's all gravy, baby. He's well, going to listen to the back episodes and be like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> yeah, probably. Don't listen to the farting episode. <laughs> Why am I farting episode now? episode farting i'm not even gonna give this one a number uh, <laughs> uh but uh red did you have anything else that you'd like to say about it uh it, <laughs> just kind of freezing up it's 
it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo kind of rebounds from this because mm-hmm. they're in a real pivotal position right now with their next system kind of in the wings. Yeah, they've, 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 there's just so many places that company can go, yeah. and they're, they're just as unpredictable, like, like even more unpredictable now. You just don't I, yeah, know. Yeah, just no yeah. idea. Because Iwata, like, took over right before the DS came out, mm-hmm. I think, and then yeah. kind of heralded the Wii. Well, so actually, I think it was a little bit earlier than that, but... I think 2002 is when he took over. Yeah. yeah. Wasn't not, it huh? 2004? 2003, I think. Okay, so let's I, all have a different uh, number here. <laughs> But either way, like, Nintendo saw kind of its highest highs under him, but then, yeah. like, with the Wii U, kind of their lowest lows. And so. how can you not respect the fuck out of a man who would rather take a half of his salary pay cut than lay yeah. off people? And his yeah. reason for that was, how do you keep people motivated if you know you're going to let them go and I'm up here making all of this money? How do you keep people motivated yeah. like that? That's, that, 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 is the, that, is, that is the mark of a fucking man. Yeah. You want to be a man, it, MRAs? Take that for a fucking example. That's what What a if man I don't does. want to be a man? You don't have to be. I don't want to be either. I'm just saying, but you're not an MRA either. No. Nah, well, that's <laughs> But no, I, I, I all jokes aside, um yeah, I think that's the thing that really got me about him is that like there was a lot of times there a few years ago where everyone was just calling for him to leave, resign, you know, quit. Yeah. And and I didn't feel like it was fair because just because like nobody's perfect and sometimes people have visions and sometimes they don't fully realize those visions and sometimes those visions are actually too ambitious for what the market can handle and that, that happens sometimes. Gunpei Yokoi and the Virtual Boy, for example. Eggs. Well, yes, <laughs> mostly. Sort it's of. Un- it's unfortunate, but you know he did well, end up I, I, taking well, I, the flack for that, unfortunately. Well, it is unfortunate that he took the flag for it. From what I've heard um, from interviews at the time, um, that that he actually was not even ready to release it. Um, that it was Nintendo themselves that pushed it out um, when it was. He felt that it was only about halfway finished at the time. Right. Um, so it's it's kind of hard to even lay it at his door when they push out a product that's not finished because they just want it to be done and over with i mean it's not really your your fault and he didn't leave because of the virtual boy too which is another common myth um no he left because they gave him a fuck that gave him a fucking desk job (laughs) well i mean he was already like six like uh how old was he 50 i think he was 55 as well 55 and um you know, he he had already been planning to to leave. You know, right. he he'd already been he wanted to go do something different, um, and he did. Yeah, and it was not actually all that good. Unfortunately, unfortunately. it was cheap though. Which yeah, that it was. Cheap. I mean, that was his goal. Was to still make not too hard to get a hold of those either. No, I have what, one right here. What are you talking about? Uh, Wonder Swan. Wonder Swan. Oh. I have in my hands a Final Fantasy One, um, Wonder Swan color in the special edition box. Mm-hmm. Is uh, the Final Fantasy One remake? Um, it's cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't see the screen for absolute <laughs> crap. Um, it looks like a l- literal black blob of of black in the middle of a white uh, console. Um, 
I have a video on that actually if you want to see what it looks like running mm. uh, I, I did an unboxing video of that and then also showed a little bit of the gameplay um, or what you could call gameplay if you can actually see the screen um, point is the screen's bad and poor Gunpei anyway um, <laughs> but it is kind of weird too to have you know two really major important you know Nintendo uh people like that just kind of accidentally die. Yeah, just up and gone one day. I mean, you know, Yokoi wasn't at the company anymore, but still. That's where his legacy is. Sure. But to just die in a, you know, in a freak car accident. accident Just like, Jesus. Yeah. I remember, like, when um, Iwata died, Rhett was the first person to just be, like, like to message me directly. It was just like, you know, Yokoi was, like, 55, too. This I know. This is so weird. It almost makes me wonder if there's going to be some sort of, like, <laughs> Nintendo curse. How old is Miyamoto? He's older, I think. He's okay. past okay. that, so... Okay, I think we've... Re- <laughs> Not that he's doing much these days, either, anymore. Um, well, he is now. Well, yeah, he's yeah. acting... He's acti- he and, um... I don't remember the other guy's name. Uh, Takeda, I think? I think it's Takeda. Yeah, they're acting in uh, his stead Genia until... Takeda, I think. Until they get uh, a replacement. One of the side effects of living in Japan um, is that after a while, you start to be able to remember Japanese names properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't sound like jumbles of syllables anymore. <laughs> I've, I've studied Japanese myself, and they don't, they don't sound like jumbled mess to me. It's just I didn't know the guy's name straight up. Well, yeah, but... And I watch a lot of anime, so... So he's, yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, anime only gives you part of people's names. And it never actually properly tells you which part of it it is. You're never quite sure if it's their first name or their last name. Actually, I don't know about that. It just depends on what they're using. Um, 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 it, it depends on character familiarity, really. Well, it also depends on the anime, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I mean, I don't have much of a problem finding... Well, like, you know. like okay, I would say high school anime. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, like, probably, probably half the fans of high school anime out there don't realize that when, when it's their first name or their last name. That's why you watch but shows where there is never a last name given. Like Hitamari Sketch. There's nobody who got a last name in that. <laughs> but aren't, they, aren't those all last names? No. Those I don't are, remember. Those are first names. Miyako, okay. you know, those are first names. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Never mind, you're right. Of course I'm Gosh, right. It's, it's my podcast. Oh, right. <laughs> I can't be wrong. All right. But, but yeah, um, just to sort of kind of move things along here, it's it's a real bummer. Um, and hopefully Nintendo uh, can bounce back. And obviously we all wish the best for his family and friends, obviously, as yeah. well. Um, I really need to go and read those Iwata Asks interviews. They're never actually... really, yeah, really they're good. Really interesting. Because yeah. he humanizes game development in a way that is that, that you just don't, you know, you don't get from just a normal person trying to interview people. You know, there's somebody yeah. that's been in the trenches. Yeah, he knows his shit. He knows his shit, and yeah. he knows how to get the best answers out of people, and that's really, really cool. So, um... With that out of the way, um, we'll move on to our normal dog and pony show. We've got uh, right here in the middle of the podcast. Uh, I'm gonna bring out the dogs. You guys, hold up. <laughs> uh, okay, it's uh, dog piano. It's do- dog piano. All right. 
See? Works great. Isn't that right, Dog Piano? <laughs> dog that, that Piano was a, that was a loves it. Horse show. <laughs> that was a or a pony, whatever. <laughs> this podcast is stupid. Uh, Michelle! Yes! Hi, how's it going? I'm, it's, you know, it's going great. How about you? I'm doing drunk. Okay. This, okay. Uh, for a second, this reminded me of that scene in Star Wars. Han Solo talking to the guard people downstairs. Like, everything's <laughs> fine up here. How, how are you? <laughs> so, uh, as I usually do with our guests, I will ask, who the hell are you and what do you do? Well, um, my name is Michelle. And, um, gosh, what do I do? Well, the answer, the short answer is nothing. And the long answer is... You're going to appeal to our audience a lot with that answer. I'm just going to say now, uh, you are well on your way to being a fan favorite. Oh, great. Um, I do a lot of nothing that, that somehow adds up to something. Um, I'm not really sure how that mathematically works out. Um, I've recently started doing... Uh, gosh, well, so Twitter, of course, um, I have that going on. Um, it's rubbish. Um, exactly, and, it's terrible. Yeah. We all <laughs> no, hate I mean it. my Twitter specifically, but no, also, Twitter as a no. whole is rubbish. It's terrible. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. Garbage. We all hate it, but we use it no. out of necessity. Actually, I would, I would put a, I would put a caveat on that. My Twitter is rubbish. Twitter <laughs> as a whole is absolute shit. Good okay. point. I'll take I, that. I, I'm, I'm a cleaner, nicer garbage. Um, You're classy I garbage. I try. Um, and then I, I also have recently, because I'm in Japan, and I've done it a little bit before just, you know, because, but also because I'm in Japan and because things are so cheap here and because, well, not, some things are so cheap. A copy of Contra Hardcore isn't cheap there. God damn. No, no, it's not. <laughs> but that's not cheap anywhere, I guess. No. Um, so I've been doing videos mm-hmm. uh, with the the iPhone. I hope to get a capture device because I do a lot of uh, retro gaming things and um, so I have a XRGB Mini Frame Meister that I use for everything it's the most amazing device in the world I'm yes. going to plug it it's so pretty it's a, it's really fantastic um, and I'm going to be soon I'm going to be getting a, a capture card I think um, so that I can actually like properly do things instead of pointing a camera at a screen. Yeah, well, like we're gonna get you on Retroprey soon because you're pointing cameras at screens. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, okay, it's what I, it's what I'm in Japan. Okay, that, there's my excuse. I'm in Japan. I have I have gone to stores looking for capture devices. Oh, I've never and, found a capture device in a store. See, I used to be able to do that in America, but not anymore. I guess probably just depends on your location. I guess. But anyway, um, so trying to do some sort of let's play kind of things. Let's fail, really, because, you know, they're rubbish. Um, also doing some unboxing videos and things like that. And, and, and pretending you're British. And uh, do what? When rubbish. do I do that? You got, you got rubbish, dear. Oh. So well. much rubbish. So much rubbish. I watch a whole lot of British television, and I, I, I start using certain words. I just I binged a lot of uh, I binged a lot of um, Hell's Kitchen lately, so I've just been calling everybody fat cunts uh, and asking yeah. for the lamb sauce. Well, right. So um, I'm not going to dignify that one. Um, 
<laughs> there is an American version too, you know. I know, but it's bleepy. That's yeah, Polly linked a video of him, and I'm just like, oh my god, he swears a lot more <laughs> than the British yeah. version. He's yeah, kind he of does. A, he's That's kind true. of a monster. Yeah, he, yeah, he's an asshole. But he's not. Well, actually, he is a video game. Damn. Yeah. I was gonna say, but he's not a video game. So let's segue out of that, and then I realized, well, hey, actually, he is. Shoot, stupid DS shovelware. Anyway. Oh wait, there um, is. A... <laughs> yes, there's shovelware. Oh, wow. Yes, there are shovelware Gordon Ramsay games. I used to work at a GameStop, um, and so I have far too uh, expansive a knowledge of shovelware. I'm looking for I'm looking for the fat cunt button. <laughs> I don't sauce. think there is one. Um, but yes, yeah, so also I am uh, writing. I'm writing a book about video games. I will make sure to tell everyone about it when it's on. In fact, you should get me on your podcast when it's finished. Okay. Just hit us up. I will do that. It will probably be in the year 2000, what is it now, 15? So, 60? Um, Yeah, we'll probably still be doing this in 2060. Our our audience is stupid, and they go by routine. So, if we just keep doing it, they'll keep listening, because they're fucking amoeba. Implying we have an audience. (laughs) (laughs) And now you're just reminding me of that one Space Ghost episode, where Space Ghost is running the show, wrote the show himself. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like this all the time. Don't worry. It's like, go ahead, change the channel. You'll be back. They'll <laughs> be back. I don't care. So, uh, they're too stupid to parse the words coming out of my mouth anyway. Parse. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a book about video games, and it's it's what I'm doing is I'm taking every video game that I remember owning as a kid, um, except for. Uh, except for Jack Nicholas Golf, because fuck that game. Um, um, Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf is in there, but screw Jack Nicholas. Um, or, well, his golf game. Um, and I'm going through and just sort of giving a brief, slash not brief, um, sort of mini review about it and any memories that I have, mm-hmm. um, good and bad. And kind of, uh, it, you know, it deals with. Uh, I guess sometimes it deals with what it's like to be, you know, an LGBT child that doesn't really know they're LGBT, but it really should be obvious kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, You start looking back at things like that and, like, you know, the way your gaming habits and sort of the way those pan out or the way you play certain games and things like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, You know, I remember remember a lot of my friends going, oh, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah, um, which, by the way, is why Lee Trevino's Fighting Golf is in there, because Pretty Amy is cute, and he played her always. Um, Also, one of the the most, like, completely past-the-radar panty shots in any American Nintendo game. Still not sure how they pulled that off. It was a golf game. They weren't looking. Nobody cares. It's a golf game. I have the Japanese version of that. I found it found it a while back, randomly in a bin. Um, but yeah, so just kind of writing about games and what they meant to me, um, and also kind of writing about some of them. If I really love the game, you can tell because it's a lot longer than the ones, you know, that, that I don't. Yeah. Like there's some sort of tag, tag team wrestling that's like two or three paragraphs, and then I wrote. 
God, how much did I write on Zelda? I think on, on Link's... Now, what's the biggest game that I've written on so far? Oh, yeah, Final Fantasy 1. I wrote... 10,000-plus words on Final Fantasy 1. We know a person so, that did that, too. I was about to say. That sounds familiar. <laughs> oh, boy. I just love that game. It's yeah, a great you game. Should, you should read Final Fantasy Uber Alice on my site. I, we'll he really that likes mind. that game. He really loves that game. I, 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 I'm going to tell you, I own... Gosh, I've forgotten how many at this point. I think it's about 14 copies of that game. Um, just the NES one? No, no, or, no. Not 14 about... copies of okay. different versions of it. Yeah. Because that'd be weird. Because it's just like, yeah, I need one in my panty drawer. Yeah. I mean... One in the top of the closet. One in the shower in case I get lonely. Well, to be fair, that's a good place to play. No, it's not. No, that that would be a terrible place to play a video Japanese, game. Japanese baths are a great place to play video games, as long as they're not going to get electrocuted. Um, no, it's not a Famicom, and you're pulling it into the bath with you with that small not ass into controller. The bath. That would be terrible, but it might happen. Look at how small. Into the bathroom, maybe, but not those in the bath. wires are tiny on those controls. You you <laughs> you get too damn interested in that game you're playing. You're, okay, you're done. The original Famicom, yes, but I have an AV Famicom, and I have a. You can use the American controllers on it. Oh, I see. So, yeah, but also also there's the Wii, with the Wii remote, which is probably is actually more dangerous than the controller. <laughs> but anyway. Um, why are we discussing my bathing gaming habits? Anyway, Hey, gosh. you're the one. You're, hey, it's your show right now. Oh, right. Gosh, gee golly. So, self-censorship there somehow. Um, but, yeah, basically, um, I'm writing about games. I'm writing a whole heck of a lot about them. It's kind of a what to do when there's nothing to do at work. Because in Japan, when there's nothing to do at work, you sit around and waffle. And I am getting good at it. Um, Japan cares less about how much work you get done and more about how much time you're actually there. Mm. Um, and it it can get really annoying sometimes because I'm like, there's nothing to do. Why can't I go home? <laughs> it's a month of nothing to do. But anyway. Um, so, yeah. Playing games. Retro games. Um, writing about them. Making videos about them. Uh, tweeting about them. That's pretty much what I'm doing right now. Oh, and trying to make some. Ah, making games is pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> you know, I have limited experience with it. Mm. Um, I say limited. I, I've used RPG Maker since, off and on, since about 2000, mm-hmm. 2001. Um but typically what I end up doing is making small projects that I either don't finish or uh, finish and then something gets messed up and then it's gone. Uh, that happened with my first game. Game, ma- game Maker is a really good place to go if you want to make something really cool and small. And trust me, like John, he's the guy you want to ask because he wants to help everybody make video games. Mm. He got me started. Like, like I understand Game Maker now a hell of a lot more and I ended up doodling around a couple of things myself and me and him made uh, uh, a game called Operation Kiss All the Boys. Yes, and I have beaten that game. Congratulations! It's and fun. I didn't like it. Sorry. 
<laughs> Whoa. I, actually, sorry. I was looking at this side that I was going to mention this the other day. Um, no, I, I, I didn't dislike it. Um, gameplay was hella fun. Um, I... I didn't care for the story. It was silly and stupid, and it's not the point. I get that, but I, 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 I guess like it's that whole Iwata. To me, it was that whole Iwata thing of: Do you make this game about the some issue, or do you make it just be random and stupid and fun and completely and totally issueless? Well- that's and the like, thing is we kind of had to stick to like that theme. You know? Oh, that's like, right. You were making it We were for making it for we made it for Ruin Jam, ah, so we so we yeah. had to use that we had to use that character and the sort of concept was sort of basically like, okay, like this is what I have to do, so I'm just going to throw some text together and yeah. let this thing go. But most okay, of so, then, so, so what I will do then is I will I will basically extract um you from or, or your design elements and choices from my opinions of the game because I feel like at this point that becomes more of an issue with the the uh, the the contest mm-hmm. uh, than with you because <laughs> if you have to do it for the thing you have to do it for the thing. I think this is like um, the 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 ruin jam thing was more or less just like some people said. Hey guys, could we maybe get a little more representation in games? And then everybody jumped down somebody's throat for saying that. So them doing this game jam was a reaction to that reaction. And I tend to err on the side of, you know, not getting angry at people and just shoving it back in their face and being completely creative with it. So I, that's really why I think me and John were kind of on board with the idea of uh, doing our first game together. Uh, mm. and, and sticking to that theme because, like, I, I kind of supported the idea. It's just like, you know, yeah, like, uh, if getting pissed off that some people want representation is, you know, like, if that's your thing, if that's the thing you're going to get angry about, then, yeah, I'm going to make this very on-the-nose and very stupid thing. I, and you know, <laughs> I'm totally proud of how stupid and over-the-top <laughs> that is. Well, and I think that's fair. I guess... Um... For me, maybe not knowing. Yeah, the context has it, to be there. Yeah, it seems really. I think I think one could argue that without without knowing the context, it actually seems a somewhat flippant. Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's why we tried to include it, uh, at, like the words "ruin jam" as much as possible. That way, people could look up what that is. Ah, yeah, I missed that. It should should be noted. That I was inside of a small booth in a net cafe the first time I played this game and downloaded it. Mm-hmm. Um, so any any uh, fact finding <laughs> was oh. not there because I was in a I was in a small wooden box with a computer. Okay. Well, well don't worry. Rhett makes games that are just fun. Mm. He's the one that makes games that are fun. Uh, and oh, yeah, jo- yeah, John's the art game. Yeah, John's all art game guy. Butterflies and hummingbirds. Butterflies, hummingbirds, and ants. (laughs) Ants giving each other ice cream. Yeah, Um, sounds like art. That's that's John. That's John. And a black and white game where you kill people. Yeah, and a black and white game where you kill things. (laughs) Fugitive is probably... He swings hard. Yeah. (laughs) Fugitive is a great game. Mm. Um, But yeah. yeah. Rep makes a a lot of games. His medium is Flash. (laughs) Used to be Flash. Oh, We'll get into Flash later. Okay, we'll do that. We'll wait. 
But oh. yeah, I I for me personally, I want to make I want to make both types of games. I want to make story, you know, really, you know, queer whatever kind of games that have really some of them really messed up stories. Um I have one storyline that um is a uh the the easiest way I'll explain it is to say that it's a it's a sort of a, a, a metaphysical reactionary um uh oh shoot. No, I cannot remember the name of the You're already speaking John's language. I can tell you that. Um what is the name of that game that just recently got a third one and it's really it's something with a dragon and it's really weird and all the characters are terrible people. Oh Dragon Guard. Um, Yes, that, yes. So, um, it's basically as messed up as Drakengard, but it's a reactionary sort of tale, metaphysical version of a tale about when social issues are taken too far mm. and when they're turned into violence and hate instead of being fighting for equality. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I won't go too too in depth into it, but um, it takes place initially. Anyway, it takes place in a world where um, where basically LGBT people are like everyone is homosexual, and heterosexual people are hunted down and you know <laughs> ostracized and everything else. Um, Part of the goal in that is to show that, you know, oppression can be done in both ways if you're not careful about why you're doing things and if you're just looking for revenge. The other part of that is for when a heterosexual person plays the game, they suddenly feel completely and totally alienated and confused and why am I being hunted down kind of feeling. Um, but then it spirals out into some really crazy metaphysical what the hell's going on kind of things and you find out a lot of stuff that I won't reveal on this podcast because someday I might actually make this game. But then at the other same time, I also want to make games that are just, you know, like Castlevania. Right. What's the plot? Doesn't matter. There's cool things in a gothic atmosphere. Go kill stuff. I got a whip and some bats that need their asses <laughs> kicked. Uh, fuck those bats. Bats are bitches. They Medusa heads. Parabola. Uh, it sucks. Uh, Medusa heads. Uh, so, yeah. And I also, for another fun fact, since you're t- talking about me, um, I have a massive Castlevania collection. Mm-hmm. Um, currently at 46 or 48 physical copies. Um, and then another 10 or 15 or so, um, digital copies of games, uh, Castlevania games that I own. Um, plus another 10 or so different soundtracks and some other stuff. Uh, I actually have the, um, um, the, uh, Castlevania Memorial Box soundtrack uh, set. It's 18 CDs. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. Um, (laughs) And it has the uh, um, Michiru Yamane's uh, sound biography, which is a CD that she made 
of different music that she's done in the past, but she remixes and rearranges them to tell some aspect of her personal life. Interesting. It's really cool. And there's some really cool musical arrangements on it. If you ever get a chance to find that, um, I believe it's called Michiru Yumane um, mm-hmm. bi- Biographical something? Uh, biography? CD? I don't I have to look it okay, up. Okay, Michiru Yamane Biography Biography Thingy? Okay, I'm going lo- <laughs> yeah. to look that up yeah. later. I'll look that up later. So, yeah. 18 CDs, how many remixes of Vampire Killer? <laughs> That's a damn good question. <laughs> Um, it actually, uh, it actually, um, each CD covers one game. Um, uh, uh, well, I think maybe some of the earlier ones are like one or two games on a CD, but, um. And then 16 other discs are Vampire Killer. (laughs) Yeah, that's, yeah. And Symphony of the Night. And Symphony of the Night. Um. There is actually some interesting stuff on it that uh, is kind of hard to find. Uh, some of the DS and uh, well, some of the uh, Game Boy Advance games and DS games that weren't really because, like, I've never seen a physical copy of a CD for a soundtrack for um, Aria of Sorrow. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they released one, but I've never seen it anywhere. Hmm. Um. And that that soundtrack is on this, which is good. Um, it's also a big, huge box. And interestingly enough, um, uh, each CD has a letter written on it in a kind of a big Gothic font. Mm-hmm. And if you take all eighteen CDs and spread them out, it spells um, what does it spell? say? Dracula the Don't forget uh, to um, drink your Ovaltine. Yeah, that's what it says. <laughs> This is uh, this is not Young Frankenstein, but okay. Um, close enough, I guess. Really, God, can you imagine if if like if Gene Wilder and Mel Brooks ha- had written a Castlevania parody in the vein of Young Frankenstein? I think that would be pretty rad. <laughs> I think that would be the best movie of all time. Period. Right, so I think that's enough about me. Uh, basically, what you need to know is that I do nothing. Oh! A lot of nothing. <laughs> it's like 20 minutes of nothing. Yeah, see? That's, how, that's you, how easy was that? I know. <clears throat> cool, so um, you mentioned you do videos and stuff. And I know that you're playing a game that one of our hosts is very sad that he can't be here to talk about. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Is, like, legitimately sad? Yes, he's legitimately sad he cannot be here because I told him that you love, like, you're currently playing Kingsfield, some Mm. off-the-wall obscure Japanese game, making games, and and, and that you probably have a genuine interest in vintage Japanese computers. That is true. In fact, all those things are true, and I'm actually almost wondering if I know this person on Facebook. (laughs) I doubt it. I don't know if he uses Facebook or not. Well, who is this Who is this host's... What is this host's name? John Thayer. Uh, yeah, John see, Thayer, Chronomaniac. <laughs> um. There's another John with a similar-sounding last name that follows me on Facebook and that has been watching every single one of my Kingsfield videos and talking about how much he loves it. Oh, so, he, hasn't played, he hasn't played Kingsfield, so... 
Okay, good. But he's then bon- that's, he, then that's just, just a know. very weird, awkward um, uh, similarity thing. So just just know that one person is very sad that he could not be here for this episode. Okay, isn't it his choice that he's? No, uh, he has things to do. Oh, uh, okay. He's terrible um, at planning, or he's really yeah. good. He's really good at planning things and then never telling me. Yeah, <laughs> the old mental pl- telepathy planning. System. John's thoughts never get past his brain to his mouth or fingers, <laughs> where I need them to be for me to be able to interpret them. What do you mean you aren't connected to the to the universal consciousness and can't download my thoughts? I'm in the wired, baby. One day she'll be a part of the Steven Universe. Oh! oh. oh. <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and sideline you here. I pulled out the CD. It says Mitro Yamane autobiographical music. Wow! Look that up. That's you a will... lot shorter of a, of a title than you gave us before. <laughs> exactly. Autobiographical, biographical, something. Yeah, I've never like uh, I. That would have been what I was looking for. <clears throat> So I think it spells like Dracula the Cursed or something like that. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, so, playing Kingsfield. Kingsfield is a, it's a, um, the best way to describe it really is, um, first person Dark Souls. Oh my god, I was literally gonna say that, but I didn't want to cut you off. (laughs) Um, but, with a caveat, in, you know, the year 1990. Eight graphics, you know. Yeah. You know how I used to describe it to people. Kingsfield. I, 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 yeah, I think we're gonna hear from our guest here. (laughs) No, um, I. This is a game I used to explain to a friend because he asked me if he should buy it. I was like, "Well, here's here's my experience playing Kingsfield. I press the attack button. I go make a sandwich. I come back. The weapon is halfway down the screen. I eat my sandwich, go take the plate back, and then the the weapon is finally fully swung. Um, I think that depends on which weapon. Probably, I didn't the, play it a lot. If you've got the uh, if you've got the 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 downward swipe of death, mm-hmm. then um, I think that's probably accurate. Um, mm-hmm. You might want to get a pickle while you're at it. A pickle? Um, yeah. I like pickles. I mean. You can't really enjoy a sandwich. That like should that be that should be pickle. that should be a new uh, uh, Soxcast slogan. You might get a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> Keep climbing. Um, we're, just, we're just moving. We're moving through them. But if you have the butter knife of of death or doom, I don't remember what this first one is. Um, that swings a lot faster. Oh, um, butter knife. It's not really a butter knife. I just decided to call it that at random. Okay. Uh, yeah. It is a sp- short, stabby knife that you start out with. It's, I think it actually calls it a dagger, but that's not nearly as cool as butter knife of doom. Um, yeah, so it's very, it's a very awkward, it's kind of an awkward game to play, um, but I kind of really like it because, A, it reminds me of the old days when first-person shooters were ridiculous and stupid. Um Instead of squat and duck and squat mm. and stealth and stealth and squat. Um, that's how I describe first-person shooters today. It's um, pretty common, yeah. I, I My problem with games is that there's a big push towards realism, and I don't want to play realism because I want to play a game. If I wanted to play realism, I'd go join the army 
or not that they would take me, um, or you know, drive a real car. Although also actually, boring. I kind of want. I, I do kind of want my car games to be slightly realistic, though. Slightly. I want them to be as stupid as possible. Yeah. I, I, um, I really, really, really like driving. Mm. Um, but sometimes I can't do that, especially now because I don't even have a car. Mm. So it's kind of like a, it, in that one sense, that realism is actually a good thing because it's something that I really want to do that I can't. And that's what games are mostly good for. Giving you a sense of doing something that you normally can't. Right. And usually, though, that's something that... That's why I don't want it to be too realistic, because, you know... That's why Rhett plays porn games. Oh, shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I mean, what other reason do you need? (laughs) Every lesbian sex game I've ever played... You don't think it's happening here. <laughs> so I, just anyway. had, I just wanted to rag on Rhett, that's all. <laughs> it's got and weird. Instead I deci- and instead I decide to, to you know, self... Uh, de- uh, what's the word? Deprecate. Yeah. I was going to say self-defecate. Self-defecate? <laughs> well! Like, what is the word? I and, I thought, and I thought Eric was like the last one we were going to have on the show to self-defecate. I'm not actually doing it, thank goodness. <laughs> oh, oh, good. <laughs> We're really worried about that. Just send this right off to Rami Ismail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is going to be the episode to send him. You say this is this is going downhill fast. Keep climbing. Yeah, <laughs> climbing down. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh... <laughs> but yeah, so I've been doing some videos of Kingsfield. Um, if you want to watch them, you can see my lovely iPhone pointed at the screen with a tripod. I'm not holding it or anything. <laughs> that would be fantastic <laughs> if you were, though. So here's my Kingsfield. I'm gonna, I'm gonna play it with one hand. One person. And, uh, there was and, a... and I'm gonna hold this camera here with the other. <laughs> there was a person. And, uh... There was a person at our forum who got red sprayed once. Oh yeah, and um, what happened? He was playing Final Fantasy thirteen. Yeah, and um, his oh, camera yeah, was kept... pointed at the screen, but the zoom button was busted. So every once in a while, it would just start zooming in on its own. <laughs> <laughs> and it's the funniest thing because sometimes it does it really fast, and sometimes it's like it's trying to sneak that zoom in. It's like this slow 30 second zoom and then he goes, oh shit. (laughs) And it's the funniest thing. So yeah, Kingsfield. (laughs) Yes. That's a game. Yes. Yes. So, um, I think it's rather fun. Um, I think it's slow Mm -hmm. and, but I like the atmosphere of the game a lot. And I really do love those kind of old fashioned graphics this game looks really good for what it was doing at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks terrible now, of course, but compared to, I think compared to the way games looked at the time, it was really doing something interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's cool to me. Kind of reminds me of sort of the early days of, you know, like a heretic and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that have perhaps more atmosphere than the game can actually 
generate. Yeah. But tries really hard to do it anyway. I think the original Doom has quite a lot of uh, of atmosphere. Even yeah, that's true. Even with as you know, um, remedial. That's not probably not the word I'm looking for. Even with as dumb as its graphics look now, I guess. Um. Yeah. Uh, definitely. It's got a killer atmosphere. So I can totally see where you're going. And I think that that's something that kind of sticks with all of From Software's games is that they're really mm-hmm. good at creating a place. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely, I think that's definitely true. Except Dark uh, Souls 2, because that game's stupid. <laughs> I haven't played it. It's awful. So. Don't play it. Have you, have you played really? any of the Souls games? I have played some of Demon Souls and some of Dark Souls, and by some of Dark Souls, I mean five minutes. So. You should play Dark. You should play Dark Souls. Skip Demon Souls. Um, yeah, I guess. Um, I was accidentally the one that got all my friends into to Demon Souls, and mm. and I uh, kind of sort of regretted it <laughs> because um, I was like, "Oh, this uh, is a cool game. Let me show it to my friends." And then a couple of my friends. They like started playing it, and one of them borrowed it. And then next thing I knew, like my roommate at the time was playing it for ten hours straight, and I was having to watch it. <laughs> and you don't really want to watch that game. You want to play that game; it's fine, but you don't want to watch it. I don't know. It's it like... depends. It depends. Like I like watching people <laughs> go through that game for the first time, uh, completely blind. <laughs> it's always really good. Yeah, if but you're watching it, it in yourself. small amounts and you've played it yourself, if you're just watching it for 10 hours straight and you don't get to use the TV. Good point. Yeah. Same thing for Monster Hunter. Uh, oh, we don't talk Monster about Monster We don't talk about Monster Hunter anymore, <laughs> especially after last episode where a guy made us set through 45 minutes of it. Well, I had to sit through an entire playthrough of it because I didn't. Uh. It was just like, okay, well... Guess there's nothing else to do but you, watch this. You have my sympathies. Yeah. So anyway, um, Kingsfield to me is just more fun because it's first person. I, I can't really, I don't, like I get why the first person view would not work for some of the gameplay in the, the Souls games. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the dodging and stuff like that would just be kind of ridiculous. Yeah. But I, I just don't enjoy the third person viewpoint as much Um, you get to look at your character's butt (laughs) yeah I'd rather either look through his eyes or just don't you want to look at undead butt no everybody wants to look at undead butt big old gray butt hanging out with a thong (laughs) yeah right so anyway um... (laughs) just shut her down (laughs) the only guest that's ever done this to me I, I don't know how I do that Sorry, cold shoulder. I know it's cold supposed to be your. Shoulder. I know it's supposed to be your podcast. It's not my podcast, believe me. Well, uh, so I don't claim this shit. <laughs> I, I, so kings. So I called it Let's Fail, mm-hmm. which I f- found out later that there's a bunch of those. Yeah. Oh well, guess I'm not original. Oh, you're not original. Dang. Um, but uh, I actually did it in response to uh, someone who created a Let's Gay. Oh wow. Uh, <laughs> where she sat, where she's sitting down and playing uh, lesbian-themed uh, uh, visual novels. I see. Um, and gang out to them. You could have just you could have funny. you could have called it. Let's play very terribly. Yeah, it doesn't have quite the same ring. Also, 
<laughs> it wasn't the first thing that popped into my head. Actually, Let's Fail was literally the first thing that popped into my head, and I didn't know that it had apparently popped into other people's heads, too. You should be like Rhett and have a name that rhymes oh, with the God. word Let's, because he calls all of his Rhett's plays. Uh, that's, that's so bad. That's so good! <laughs> it's the best! Yeah. <laughs> but, um... So it's definitely a fail. Mm. Um, the game is hard, <laughs> and it's not, especially because I'm playing it in Japanese with a with the Japanese manual and everything. Um, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. I don't have a damn clue what I'm doing. And um, I, I've been cord- recording videos about twenty minutes or so at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to give you some idea, I made it about. Four, three or four videos in before I figured out how to save the game. Oh. Um, which meant that every time I died, I had to completely restart the game over. Oh, that's... That's, <laughs> that's lovely. So, and it is a save point that you have to actually have to go and find. Um, and if you don't know how to play the game, you will, and you don't know anything about it, you will spend probably an hour trying to figure out where and how to save the game. It turns out it's a small metal obelisk-looking thing on, on a wall. Oh. In a, it's also not even a very easy-to-see room. When you consider those kinds of textures from back then not being right. the most... Um... Well, it stands out, but you wouldn't know that it's a save point, I guess, is the thing. I see. Like, you can see it there, but you wouldn't walk, think, oh, gee, that must be the save point. I better walk up to it and touch it. Make that shit glow! <laughs> yeah, it's not like yeah. a spinning blue crystal... From the Final no. Fantasy games or whatever. Um, it's also in a room that does not have like a very visible door. It has a wall that looks like looks. Mo- I mean, you can tell that it's a door, sort of, mm-hmm. but it's designed to sort of blend in with the rest of the wall. Uh, I see. Um, uh, and you, you do have to pass by quite a decent number of monsters to get to it. Mm. Um, which, if you don't know what you're doing, is not going to make it. It's not going to help you very much. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I have made it maybe about 40 minutes into the game, and uh, I have now seven videos, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping true to that let's fail promise. Oh, yeah. So I'm eventually going to actually, like, progress. Hopefully. Something. <laughs> yeah. But hopefully soon I'll be getting that uh, capture device, and so it'll at least look better. Right. But you'd be surprised how... I'd say you would be surprised how good um, PlayStation 2... We'll say just say PlayStation 2. It's a PlayStation 1 game, but you know. And the Frame Meister and a 4 to 3 aspect ratio uh, computer monitor can look on a iPhone video. If you've got a tripod and you're actually like, you know. No, I've seen some really, really nicely done um, camera work on uh, Let's Plays before. It's just not really common. Sure. And I understand why. Um, but, uh, and I'm not claiming that I'm nicely done, but I'm just saying that the technology itself has the capability of looking quite, quite nice, actually. Um, and I'm giving that all to the Frame Meister because yeah, it is the glorious thing, heavenly god of that gods. That thing is so amazing. 
It just makes uh, old games pop in a way that they can't on, under normal circumstances. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. Um, although I am soon, hopefully soon, getting a uh, fairly big uh, CRT television. Mm-hmm. I've been looking one, looking for one for a while. Fun fact about Japan: when they switched over to uh, when they switched over to digital from analog uh, a few years ago, they the way they did it, um, you cannot use any sort of uh, converter to uh, put it onto an old television because they actually have special uh, chipped cards that you have to insert into the TV yeah. to get signal and all this kind of stuff. So. And I think it's a really stupid idea. I don't know why Japan did it this way. But um, so what that meant is that every TV that was made before that time is completely and totally worthless for watching TV now. So all the CRT TVs have been recycled and sent back to the manufacturers to be turned into parts. And you can't find them anywhere anymore. It's impossible to find CRT televisions for sale here. Mm-hmm. Um you, every now and then you see them lying on the side of the road. Someone's trying to put it out. Um, but even that's like impossibly rare now. So if you're an, a retro gamer and you want that CRT experience, you know, you're not getting it. No. You're just not. I mean, that's pretty much how it is in the U.S. now. Like CRTs are gone. But you can still go to to like the Goodwill, the, you know, the thrift stores, and you can still find them. I've got a CRT in my basement. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I, ju- I I had two of them in my apartment when I left last year. Mm. Um, one of them with S-Video, one of them that didn't have S-Video, um, which is why I had two, because the one that didn't have S-Video, I sat on the floor and didn't use, because why would I use that? Good point. But, um, like, if you if you look in the right places, you can still find them in America, and fairly cheap. You can't find them at all here. Mm. So, bummer. Frame Meister is your is your next best option. <laughs> cool. Anything else you've been up to? <laughs> uh, let's see. Well, I've been playing a, a game also using the Frame Meister and the Wii. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a translation of a game called. Uh, Machine, uh, Machine Ayuden Wataru Gaiden uh, translates to Machine Hero um, Wataru is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, side story. Side story. Yay! Um, this is an odd game. Well, it's not odd. Well, it is odd. Well, it's not odd. No, it's very odd. It is odd, but it's not odd. Okay. Um, <laughs> Back of the box quote the, there. Right. Uh, yeah, I think one of the things that's really odd about this game is that it's it's a um, it's a uh, based on a anime it, that was popular at the time mm-hmm. uh, called Machine Ayuden Wataru, mm-hmm. uh-huh. um, and it's about some kid named Wataru who runs around in a uh, sort of a fantasy world, but with some mecha. So it's one of those mecha fantasy mixes kind of things, mm-hmm. um, fighting some demon god dude or whatever. And this game um, introduces you to the hero Wataru um, by having him promptly kidnapped by the villain at the very beginning of the game, and then you don't play him at all in the game. Oh. Um, 
you actually play a completely new side character that was made up for the game. Interesting. Um, and your goal is to rescue the hero of the anime from the villain of the anime. And I think a few of the side characters from the anime show up as sort of random side characters. But for the most of the game, you could almost play it and not know that it was connected to the anime at all. If you didn't know any better. That's kind of cool, though. So that's what I, I guess part of what I think is odd about it. But the game itself is really interesting. Um, it was released by uh, Hudson, I believe. Um, but it was developed by Weststone. Mm. Um, who is now much more famous for the uh, Monsterland, Monster, yeah, yeah, Monsterland games, um, Wonder Boy, you know, all that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and this is actually kind of an early, um, kind of sort of an early uh, take on that series in a way, because the game has an overworld map, like standard RPG would have. Mm-hmm. Um, and it has, but you can use magic on the map, which is neat to do things like, uh, like it has one of those systems with like, sort of like in golden sun where the magic can be used in battle, but can also be used as an action on screen to do something like puzzles and stuff. Yeah. To solve puzzles. Yeah. Um, so it has that, but it also has random battles that you get into, but the random battles are side scrolling action, uh, battles. Mm. Um, where you're in the little super deformed mech and you run and stab things and jump and stab things and that kind of thing. And you can use magic um, from the magic menu that you can pull up. Kind of um, like a Zelda 2, it sounds like? A little bit? No. Um, it would be more like uh, an NES rough version of Tales of uh, Fantasia. Would be a better way of, ex- of explaining it, I think. Um because it is a small contained box it's not like a full platforming you know running around in a dungeon um cool and 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 they are and they are like they are completely random they're not you can't see the enemy on the screen and then run away from it or anything uh, like that oh okay okay so um in my view it it, it feels to me like a mixture of um I mean, I guess you could draw some parallel to Zelda 2, but Zelda 2 has entire dungeons that are side-scrolling dungeons. Yeah. And and this does not. Okay. Even the dungeons are, you know, uh, are are the on the main map, and then the battles are random encounters okay. where you're side-scrolling. Um, it feels like a mixture of Wonder Boy's side-scrolling gameplay mm-hmm. and the early Tales games. Uh, oh, I see. But it's very cute. Um, it, the graphics on it are great. Uh, yeah, looking at it now, it looks really cool. Um, and I had never heard of it at all until I was watching a, a random Game Center CX episode on uh, YouTube somewhere or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have that. They have always have this one little segment in between. Like in, or the one little thing in between segments where they just uh, they show the games that came out bits of some games that came out that year. Yeah, yeah that's a really cool part. I really I, like. I that. love that because <laughs> I found random games that I didn't even know existed um, from seeing that, and I saw this game this one time, and it said Hudson and Weststone, and I was like, "What? 
I'd never heard of it. And I, I love the West Own games. I love all the, you know, Monster Monster Boy in Wonderland. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> um, those games. Because I really love good platforming, side-scrolling RPGs. Yeah. Um, it's just one of my favorite gameplay styles. And unfortunately, not very many people do it properly anymore. Mm. Um, that's why I'm really excited for this new... Um, this new what are they calling it monster boy i think is that what they're calling it you heard about this no oh there's a kickstarter i think oh another one no it's not a kickstarter (laughs) um what happened was it was originally a ham some hamster game i can't remember what it was called hamster something two Mm -hmm. and there was a kickstarter for it but i don't think it quite met the goal Mm. but but it looked amazing and it was done. It was done basically as a sort of a uh, of a of a not a remake, but a, you know a fan homage to uh, uh, the Monsters Lair, the one where you turn into the monster and you can change into different ones mm-hmm. to get past different puzzles and stuff. Um, but the main character was a hamster, hmm. something like a hamster knight or something like that, maybe. <laughs> well, what happened was. The original guy from Weststone, who was like the, the 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 president of Weststone, found out about it, and I th- apparently, if I remember correctly, he asked to be a part of the project, and they flipped out and said, "Absolutely, please!" And so they changed it. And this was after the the Kickstarter had not com- I think had not fulfilled its goal. He basically came in and said, "I want to be a part of this. Let's make this happen." And suddenly funding happened, and they've changed it from being a hamster to being a new character that's like a, 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 a new sort of Wonder Boy character. Um, and they're making it, and it looks amazing. I really want to play it when it comes out. Cool. It's got some sort of weird title, like Monster Boy versus the Wizard of Alcohol or something. Yes! <laughs> Wizard of Drunky or something. I don't remember. Wizard what of Alcohol! It's it's some weird, like, halfway drunk-sounding name. I'll have to figure out what that is. But, uh... So, yeah, I love those games. And so when I found out that there was a game that was sort of a predecessor to that that I had never seen or played, I immediately went to... Well, first thing I went did was I went to Hardoff to see if I could find a copy. Mm -hmm. I did not. Um... Which has got to be one of the most, by the way, one of the most hilariously awkward-sounding names in English. You should have went to Hard On. They would have probably had it. I'm sure. Or Jerk Off, one of the two. <laughs> I tell people, I'm like, it's hardware off. Like, like books off. Say we're going Clothes to, are off. we going to hand job today? No. <laughs> um, oh, yes. Monster Boy and the Wizard of Booze is the title. <laughs> Weird. Monster Hunter and the Adventure of Boobs. <laughs> boobs. Right. Boobs. Oh, boobs. I would I would much prefer that over booze. I mean, alcohol's cool and all, but it's not as cool as boobs. It's that's a good point. Yay. Anyway, um, definitely look that game up. Monster Boy and the Wizard of Booze. I think you'll be kind of interested in it. Um, cool. Uh, but yeah. So this game, so I went to look for it, and then I decided to go online and look, and the first thing I discovered was that there was a translation for it. 
So I immediately get the translation, patch it, put it on my Wii, because, you know, I do things with the Wii. Um, Only the legalist. (laughs) Yes. Um, And, you know, throw it up there on the Frame Meister with the the D cable, because Japan does not have component. Well, they do have component, but it's not the same component as what we have. No. You know, in the U.S., there's that that red. Is is it's red, red blue, green, and green. blue. Yeah. Yeah. Here, they use a. Um, it's called a D connector, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And it's a weird little clippy thing. It actually like, it looks sort of like a. I don't know what it looks like. Maybe slightly bigger than a USB port. Um. I don't know. It just looks weird. A little like Fire. an HDMI cable. Sorta? But it's actually got clips on it that clip it in so that it locks into the back of the whatever okay. you're plugging it up to. Um, and then the audio cables. Mm. Um, so I use that here because the Frame Meister has that on the back. And you can get an adapter to make it work with the component. Yeah. But who cares because I'm in Japan. Um, plug that in. Put it on the frame meister. Get the scan lines. It's just gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous, and you don't get any of that blurring or you know color shifting or any of that junk. Bad aliasing. Yeah. Um. So I've been playing through that, and it's a fantastic game. I could not recommend it more. If you're looking for a retro game that you've probably never explored, um, it's a it's a fantastic way to go. It's fun. It's it can be difficult, but not difficult. Um, it doesn't really penalize you too badly for messing up. Um, kind of does the Dragon Quest thing, but it just kind of takes some of your money. Mm. But not a lot when you die. Not a whole lot. Although I think there's a weird glitch that if you don't save after you come back from... Like, when you die, it takes part of your money and puts you in an inn. Yeah. And I think if you don't then go and sleep to, to save... If you reset the game after that, it loads up that point from from where you're at, where it puts you back in the end. Oh, but it cuts your it cuts your gold again because it's loading up that script. And if you yeah. keep resetting, you keep cutting your gold in half. Oh. <laughs> That's so an oversight. Like I, I don't know if it's a glitch in the the way that the game is programmed, or maybe in the translation they messed it up. Maybe they accidentally edited the code or something. Mm. Don't. It's usually it's not, probably the not case. possible. I'm going to say that that's more than likely just a bad scripting error in the original. It's probably release. a bad scripting error. It could also be an emulation problem. Could, but I don't think so. Just look, with... Okay, I'm trying to make Westo <laughs> look as good as I possibly look, can. I, I look, you're talking to somebody that kind of knows a lot about the NES and how games on that system work. I was just trying to BS so that <clears throat> so that Westo looked better, but you know, whatever. They'll be fine, dear. I think they'll they'll live. They'll live. It's okay. Actually, they're, they're, in an NES game, they're they're fallible. It's okay. I was gonna say they're they're dead, so it doesn't really matter, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> they'll live. No. I'm gonna go to the grave throwing myself on this grave. <clears throat> but yeah, um, if you've never played it, play it. Cool. Short and sweet. John will probably hear that and be like, 
That's what he does when he likes John things. John won't listen. No, he will not listen to this. He won't listen to this because it's not an episode he's on. <laughs> I'm probably likely to do the same thing, honestly. I, uh, yeah. I edit the damn thing and I don't listen to it. <laughs> but that's just, I'm gonna that's just... I'm going to cut it here, here, and Russian roulette right here. Yeah, the final podcast is only, like, 15 minutes long. Yeah. <laughs> People wish. It's cool. Been in anything else, or is that about it? I think that's everything. I think cool. that's too much, honestly. Rat! <laughs> if, that, if that is your real name. It's not. It's not, no. I know <laughs> your real name. You want me to tell everybody? Nah. Okay. Your name oh, is... Actually, you know, it's funny. What? John, to... before, before we had to move the podcast, John has a story about how Anna hates my real name and that they will never name their baby that. <laughs> what? She doesn't like my name. <laughs> She's like, you absolutely, we're not naming our baby. Your middle name is awesome. Oh, my middle name is awesome. But yeah, those at, the okay, first okay. and the last are kind of, yeah. yeah. Oh my God, we're never so we'll, naming we'll, him that. That and was I was my like, Anna. I like you, but your name's terrible. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I agree. She's just really unabashed in her opinions. Yeah. So look forward to that story next time. Okay. You don't want to tell us now? <laughs> nah. Okay. We'll let yeah, John tell just it. tell us now so it's really awkward next time when he starts to tell a story. And like, like well, John, <laughs> didn't you listen? We already said that. <laughs> but the story was about how Anna hates it. Uh, well, didn't you basically already tell the story? I guess that's kind of the story, isn't it? I don't know. Maybe there's more. <laughs> more. <laughs> I spoiled So, it. John, can you tell us the more that we didn't <laughs> talk about about the story that we didn't get a chance to talk about? <laughs> Rhett's first name is Jacoby. Oh, you that's spoiled That's crazy. <laughs> like, Derek Jacoby? Like, Jacoby. That's his first name. Like, it's not. It's not. It's not. I'm just thinking of the British actor, Derek Jacoby. <laughs> he was a really great actor and also surprisingly gay. Didn't, didn't know that for a long time. Mm. Cool. Him okay. and, him and uh, what's his face? Were, Ian McKellen were in a sitcom together where they were an old gay couple. Oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. Anyway. Cool. Sorry for that. So, Rhett. Yes. Rhett, 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 Rhett. What have you been doing? I saw the new Terminator movie. Oh, boy. <laughs> I bet it's really good after Salvation. Well, when you put it that way. Because <laughs> I, I was I'm thinking sh- about... Cause, okay, so a few months ago, I rewatched Terminator 2. And hey, that movie's really good. It, yeah, it's still really good. And then, like, two weeks ago, before Genesis came out, I re- I watched the first Terminator for the first time ever. Really good. Yeah. I didn't not as good as I think two is the better one. But I those think two that movies are I think good. that they're I think that they're two different movies. Yeah, it's, it's like just... Alien versus Aliens. Yeah. Where the first one's like this horror thriller and the second yeah. one's just like fuck it action. Or when you look at First Blood and then you go to Rambo I've never Two. Seen any of those. First Blood is super good. It's this intense, crazy just like drama. And yeah. then it just turns into, I'm going to shoot all the guys. I'm going to shoot all the guys. Hooray, yeah. America. There's yeah, that Charles Sylvester Stallone actually write that thing himself? 
I think he wrote uh, the new one, Rambo 4. I'm pretty sure I've re- I heard just recently, because it was in a quiz thing, that he wrote all of them, or wrote the first one at least. Oh dear. If he wrote First Blood, good on him. Because that movie's uh, really good. But anyway. Terminator Genesis. I, I should... I, one, one quick note. Um, in Japan, the movie has not released yet. So I probably won't get to see it for another month or two. Mm-hmm. So no, no problem. Okay, just just as a major spoiler warning to the fact uh, that it's not even out in this country yet. Okay, I wasn't going to spoil it. Cool, just saying. Just just throwing it out there. Okay. Just giving you a go. All our listeners in Japan. Yeah. <laughs> All none, of, all none okay. of them. You don't listen to this shit. No, I just meant for my sake, because okay. I'm listening to it while we were making it. Right, good point. Yeah, anyway. Well, either way, so I rewatched 1 and 2, and then I was just thinking about, like, Terminator 3, people hated, but it has that one action scene where he's, like, on the fire truck and getting smashed through the walls. That was pretty cool. I liked when he was carrying the coffin out. That was really yeah, bad. Yeah, like, it has moments. Yeah, but then that ending... And then the ending is fucking Just, bullshit. That ending takes a big old dump on the chest of everything yeah. that the mythos had been. Yeah. But at least you remember stuff from that movie, and then yeah. Salvation happened, and... I can't tell you anything about Salvation. Like, I've seen that movie twice. That had a girl that was, like, semi-naked. And that's all I remember in it. Because <laughs> like, that's all I would remember about it anyway. Yeah. Like, nothing happens in Salvation. Like, it's complete nothing. Because there was going to be this twist ending where, like, either John Connor became a Terminator or uh, the Terminator killed everybody at the end. Mm -hmm. But they they cut that stuff out and it's just nothing of significance actually happens. Yep. And then Terminator Genesis happens and kind of takes a big dump all over the franchise again. (laughs) Oh, no. It's basically, it's so weird. Like, the first hour is kind of a remake of Terminator 1. Mm-hmm. And I really like that part. Like, mm-hmm. they go back to 1985 or whatever it was. And, like, they're reshooting scenes with, like, the thugs and, like... That's really cool. Like, the st- same-looking construction driver going, what the hell? Mm-hmm. And then it just gets terrible. They oh, go no. to 2017 and it's just... Ugh. Like, they're like, we have to stop the new Skynet, which is cell phones and Apple. And oh, like, oh, yeah. God, so no. they modernized it, and it's just so bad. Oh, God. Sounds it, like that new Robocop movie they did. I saw that. This was worse. Oh, God. That new, that new Robocop movie was effing terrible. I didn't see it, but there were posters for it everywhere in Japan. Huh. Like, I guess for some reason it was really popular here. Robocop sold room and noodles in Japan, though. That's pretty <laughs> cool. Yeah, so... Oh, and by the way, um, not to cut you off here, I looked it up, and in fact, um, Stallone did um, completely rewrite the screenplay for the first uh, uh, Rambo movie. He did a really good job. First Blood is really um, It's good. based on a book, but he apparently um, changed a lot of the stuff from the book that was kind of like the bad points of it and mm-hmm. made it into a better character. That's really cool. Cool. So he yeah. only, he only kills one so person in that movie yeah. and it's that's by accident. Well, that's the thing. Like in the book, he killed 16 people and Stallone was the person who changed it so that he didn't kill all those people. That's crazy. And Stallone changed the ending. So, so that he doesn't die. That's really cool. 
But then the sequels happened. But then the sequels happened, and then it's not good. (laughs) Anyway, Terminator Genesis. Well, I'm pretty much done on that, but I heard some story that that Rambo game from last year is getting DLC. What? Yeah, I saw that. Are you kidding me? No, I swear to God I saw that story. Oh my God, what? How is that possible? Polly just falls out of her chair. I'm kind of reeling back here, but how is that possible? Okay, I'm... I know we shouldn't... Yes, it's true, Rambo is getting Baker Team DLC trophies. Posted June 13th. Oh my god, fucking lord. Holy shit. (laughs) Anyway. Uh, I played Ori in the Blind Forest. Hearing a lot of good buzz about that. It's a very, 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 very pretty game. Hell yes it is. It's maybe the best looking game ever. Wow. Really? Just from like a technical 2D art aspect. Because mm-hmm. when you... I don't love like the style of it or like kind of the setting. is a lot of like forest locations, obviously given the title, but like it's so good looking. And, like, I went back and kind of compared it to, to stuff like Dustin Elysian Tale and the, the new Rayman games, and, like, it kind of puts those to shame. Wow. Because the thing that I noticed in Ori is, like, everything's kind of always in motion, always kind of swaying, like, there's this invisible wind. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it's really good looking. Yeah, yeah. And screenshots the, look really good looking. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I don't feel screenshots do it justice because... It, it's it, a game it's that's, seeing it in movement that's it's really... It's got, a, it's got a really kinetic style. Yeah. I'm worried that I probably wouldn't even be able to play this on my computer. Yeah, it's an, an Xbox One game, so it might be a little demanding. I'm not sure. But I don't like the term Metroidvania anymore. Uh, Maybe I've never liked it. I've never feel, liked it. I've always thought it was really. I just don't know what that term means anymore. And everyone's like, "Oh, this is a Metroidvania." I'm like, "What does that even mean anymore?" It's like the, yeah. It's like I remember people calling Dust and Elysian Tale a Metroidvania. And it was like, yeah. "No, you're missing the point. That is not what that is." Yeah, that was yeah, definitely I mean, kind of a Zelda two-ish because you had like the world map and stuff. Yeah. This doesn't have that, but it's still very, like, you will do these locations in this order, and there's, like, three dungeons that you have to do that are separate from kind of the big connected map. Yeah, no. Metroidvania only works if you, A, have to kill stuff a lot with side-scrolling, and, B, there's a more open exploration and blah, 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 words. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Like if it's if it progresses in levels, you you almost can't call it that. Yeah, this the, isn't the, levels. Like it has a big open world, but like it's very kind of checkpoint. Like you're gonna go here now, and there's nothing really else of value to just do besides go to the point we're telling you to go to. Like the new Strider game. Yeah, it's very, definitely similar to that, and that's fine. I just think ori is weird because it's also really difficult yeah that game's got some difficulty behind it from what i've seen it's almost kind of like meat boy meets metroidvania yeah which gets kind of annoying at times that really frustrating when like you're just trying to progress like to your next destination Mm -hmm. 
and like everything in the open world will kill you in like two or three hits. Mm. So you, you just have to keep dropping checkpoints. Yeah, see, I don't like that. Yeah. I don't like a game that's that's I don't personally I don't like a game that's all about the difficulty because difficulty never keeps me wanting to play a game. I'm not someone who plays a game for the challenge. Mm-hmm. I play the game for the enjoyment and for me the enjoyment is not in the challenge. So if the game is too challenging, I just stop playing. So you're saying you're a casual. <laughs> no, I said too challenging. I didn't say that I waggle my Wii remote casual. around with a bowling ball. <laughs> I bet you, I bet you play mobile games. What? what? I don't know. <laughs> Rhett, keep going. To so, be fair. Sorry. I, I think this would have worked better as kind of more discrete levels because the best moments of it are when it's very focused in a platforming area and not kind of trying to be the open world Metroidvania stuff. Because, like, the last dungeon itself is just, like, eight hallways that are just, like, basically Super Meat Boy levels. Mm. And that stuff's great. Like, yeah. it ends... Like, the middle of the game really kind of was like, ah, I don't know if I like this or not. And then it ends really, really strongly. Mm. So, like, there's just, like, straight up, like, challenge rooms where, like, you've got to get to the end and you'll drop one checkpoint at the front. And it's wonderful. Mm-hmm. And then each of the dungeons ends with, like, a, a chase scene, kind of like from Rayman Legends. Ooh, or, or Those were so cool. Those were so cool in Rayman Origins. And yeah. they're maybe a little less cool in this. Because they felt like, a little it's... really scripted. Uh-huh. Where it's like, the first one I got through the first time, like, one life, and it felt amazing, and, like, the music has this big climax. And then the second one, I died, like, ten times on it. And, and you just, really like... lose, like, the, the yeah. moment. That, that's the same thing, the, the problem you yeah. have with games like um, Uncharted, where they have these really elaborate set pieces that are stupidly awesome, but the moment you put a, you know, a point in there that's a fail state, yeah. That moment loses, you know, that moment loses its luster every time you die. Yeah, and and then this is it was like I'm getting right to the end and then like a scripted rock falls and oh, um, you have to be on the left side of this column, not the right side and just like, oh, start the whole thing over because they don't let you put checkpoints down during it. Yeah, see that would that would that would kill me. Yeah. Because uh, like like if you're going to tell a if you're going to try and tell a cinematic thing, sometimes a cinematic piece needs to be a cinematic piece, not a gameplay piece, because you destroy yeah. the point if you're trying to make it gameplay. Just make gameplay or make a cinematic scene, but don't mix them too much if you yeah. I think don't know la- how to do it properly. I think The Last of Us handled that perfectly. I guess. <laughs> I haven't actually played it, sorry. It's really I, good. You should play it. It's, it's pretty good, yeah. I'm in Japan. I don't have... A, well, maybe I do have a system that it's on, but I don't have a way of buying it, so... Aw. So, yeah, ultimately, I'd probably give Ori a thumbs up, even though... Like, don't expect a Metroidvania, because it's... I don't know what that term means anymore. But I hear that Axiom Verge is one. I want to yeah. play that. I'm still want to play, play that. that. Too. Yeah, yeah. It was funny. These two came out like pretty close to each other, and like people were like, "Oh, I'm so sick of these Metroidvanias!" All of a sudden, <laughs> what? But, Says the same people that spent the yeah. record amount of money on the Bloodstained Kickstarter. I usually, <laughs> oh, yeah. I usually bleep out the word Metroidvania on this podcast. Do you actually do that? Or yes, just, I do. Well, yeah, I usually uh, do. Oh. But I'm not doing it this time. Oh, Is good. Because it would annoy the hell out of me to bleep out Metroidvania every time we've said it. I will say, though, like, 
the thing that was so genius in the original Metroid was the freeze beam, mm-hmm. because that was the thing that you oh, could yeah. use as a weapon and like a tra- traversal tool. Yeah. And Ori has this really cool thing where throughout the whole game, uh, enemies are very projectile-based. Like, they kind of spit at you and it arcs in towards you. Mm-hmm. There's an ability you get about halfway through that lets you springboard off of enemy projectiles. Oh, that's really cool. So all of a sudden, it's just like, oh, I can go everywhere now. Like, it's it kind of reminded me of getting the freeze beam. And, like, because, like, the worst thing in those games is when you come up to a door and, and the door is just like, yeah. you need a super missile or you need a super bomb to open this. Yeah. So when you find something, it's like, it uses what was already there and you didn't even realize that was something you would be able to use later on. That's like really being able cool. to springboard off of enemies and their projectiles. Yeah, that's is really cool. Really smart design. Yeah, so that was really good. And then, like, the last ability is just like a high jump, and you're like, oh, oh no, <laughs> and it's really awkward to use as well. Mm. Like oh. the the high jump is hold L two. Oh god, it's already annoying. But then, if you want to high jump off of a wall, it's hold the opposite direction. It's like the controls aren't even consistent. It's that's, so weird. That's weird. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. But that's still, it can't, can it ever be quite as cool as Cave Story with its um, gun that you can shoot down and it shoots <laughs> so fast that it pushes you up into the air? The machine gun. That thing is so fun. I loved that thing. Yeah. I Personally, I think the real genius in Cave Story was that when you play it a second time and you don't get the machine gun. Yeah. Because then, then you've realize... got to really think your way around differently. Oh, yeah, because then you have to do it without that kind of safety net, and you're like, oh, this is way harder now. Yeah, the first time you come to an obstacle that you passed so easily on your first try, it's like, oh, oh, no. Yeah, or even just in that first sand cave area where yeah. if you fell, you just boost yourself back up, and now you can't do that, and you're like, oh, this is way harder. Yep. <laughs> and there's, like, jumps that you can just barely make by, like, a pixel mm-hmm. without it. Yeah, Cave Story's awesome. Yes, love that game. Yeah. We were playing that game before anyone else knew about it. <laughs> Hipster yeah. mode there. No, but like really, like for some somehow I just magically found out about it by accident before you know, back when it was still a random PC game that had you know, wasn't even in English yet. Um Um or maybe it had just been just been released in English, you know. That's when um, I played but, it, when the uh, English uh, translation came out. Yeah, yeah, maybe it was right about then, maybe. Um, and it was just like, what is this mess? Like, it was so not revolutionary, and yet incredibly revolutionary. Yeah, yeah it, it does everything that it does perfectly. But that's what happens when you spend five years on a game. True. Aw. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rhett. I'm just thinking, though, like, what would Cave Story look like in, like, kind of the modern, kind of busy indie climate? Like, uh, that that game starts really slow. Yeah. So I wonder if people would just be like, oh, I've seen this a million times and just, not like, not get into it. Yeah, it's it's totally a different mindset from when we started, you know, yeah. noticing games like that. Because that was, truth. like, 2004, I think? Yeah. Like that was a while ago. It was quite a while back. Because... I like that game, and I kept obviously I stuck with it, but it like almost doesn't pick up until like the first core fight, which yeah. is like halfway through the game, and it almost fakes you out into thinking it's the end of the game. 
Yep. True. And then, but then also like, um, have either of you played Bunny Must Die? Yeah, I ha- I have. That game. Game's hard. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The second loop. Oh God. Uh, yeah, that game's that game's rough. <laughs> my 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 um friend at the time who was later my roommate um sat down and played not completely the end but maybe you know two or three bosses before the end um with the actual keyboard oh god (laughs) how do people do that i don't know that's what i i just like i don't i i still don't know to this day how he did that i had a girlfriend that played toho on a keyboard and i was like what are you what kind of freaking monster are you? I feel like that's doable, though. I think Toho, actually, all the pros use keyboard. Yeah, I know yeah, they do, which say, is I so weird. I think that's actually way more doable. I can't do it, so it's not doable. Fuck them. <laughs> but yeah, Bunny Must Die is funny, because like, the last boss has like 10 forms. Yeah. I remember watching a video of it pretty recently. I'm like, how the fuck did I do this? I remember this taking me like a day. Yeah. But then I once you beat it, beaten the game. you what probably would happen? remember because you unlock Chelsea to play as yeah. once you beat it. And then her uh, game is yeah. super easy. Is it really? Oh. Yeah, it's like a cakewalk. It's so weird. Mm-hmm. She now, seems like, it seems like it's going to be harder at the start because like, she's really slow, but she's just like a powerhouse, as I remember. Mm-hmm. There's a game that I got on the uh, 3DS that I'm wanting to say is related to it, but it's probably not. And I can't remember now. Um, <laughs> suddenly, I cannot remember the game of, name of this game either, but it's uh, it's designed as sort of a, a Mega Man-style game. Where... Uh, Gunvolt? No. No, no, no. It's, um, it's an indie game. It's a Japanese indie game where you're um, a girl who is fighting all these other girls in a Mega Man style, but it's not Rosenkreutz. Um, that was going to be my other guess. <laughs> but it's not that. But it's like that, except it's better than that because mm-hmm. you get, um, you can sort of in the uh, in the um, Hardcore Uprising style, you can actually upgrade all of your stuff by collecting uh, points throughout playing through the game. So as the more you play it, even if you fail... You can get more like lives or more um, power ups to your different weapons and that kind of thing. That's really but cool. also, what's what's neat too is that you have um, you have all these different power ups that you can that you have um, that uh, how do I explain it? You sort of level up as you're playing the game. You have a gauge at the bottom, and it's got like six six blocks to the gauge. Mm-hmm. And every time you kill an enemy, little point things come out, and you use those points. You, you you stock those points for your buying new upgrades and things, but those points first go down to your meter, and as the meter fills up, you can press a button, one of the I think A button or something, um, to to then use those points and they go into your they go into your inventory or whatever but it, it it gives you like um one new ability for that while you're in that level so like um like the first block is maybe like um speed and the second block is on the meter is like uh, your how far you can jump 
And then the third block on your meter would be like uh, maybe like uh, how your weapon shoots. Mm-hmm. So, and then maybe like the fourth block is how many shots per per time you per fire come out. Okay, so you can either store up points from hitting these enemies to go up to these higher blocks or you can use them early on to get lower blocks so like you hit the button and use up like maybe the first block and that gives you some extra speed or and you can do that like two or three times and stack it or you can store up all those points to get one of the high things to get like a power up to your weapon so while you're in the in the in the gameplay doing the actual game you're you're having to concentrate on which one what do i need for this situation do i want the speed and the jumping first or do i want to wait i don't want to charge up my weapons for these enemies and then you know grind up a few points for the speed to get over this jump or whatever um so you're having to like charge up your character's abilities while you're doing the the gameplay, right? And it's it's really interesting. Um, I haven't seen that kind of take on it, and I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called. But but um, I'll find out for you. Um, <laughs> but and they also released some uh, 3ds uh, the the themes uh-huh. uh, based on it, which uh, I have one of them. Um, which also gives you the music. So one of the music from the games is background. It's a really great theme. Um, and it's just all these different bunny type looking girls. I don't know. Indie game. Got to figure out what the name of it is. Should check it out. I'm not sure if it's in English yet or not. Maybe. I'm thinking it's not because I've never heard of yeah, anything like this. Yeah, I would have heard about this. Um, I'll definitely let you know. You can mention it later if you'd like or whatever cool, cool. but of course you might not be able to do anything but just watch some videos I'm not sure right you can cut all of that <laughs> I'll leave it in that's why we have a podcast so you can have tangents so moving on moving on yes. I played Rocket League uh oh this is the <laughs> summer jam it really is this game came out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, I, saw, I remember hearing about it a long time ago and thinking, huh. soccer with cars, that's insane! <laughs> so, this is a sequel to a game called Supersonic Acrobatic Rocket Power Battle Cars, I yes. believe is the name. Yes. Wow. That for memory? Mm-hmm. And, like, it's the exact same game, practically. Yeah. But somehow, this time, it just clicked with people. Yeah. Like, this is just the sequel that handles better, it feels better, it looks better. Like, it's just incremental upgrades across the board, but it just clicked with people, and yeah. And maybe, and maybe, and maybe it turns out that having your cheeky little clever eight-word title, probably ditching that was a good idea. (laughs) Yeah, just, it just reeks kind of Xbox indie game or like Steam garbage. Yeah, it's just trying a little too hard in that instance. Yeah, so this is a way better title, Rocket League. It's just and instantaneous. You you get an idea of what that game's probably going to yeah. be. It's funny, because when I looked, just based on the name of the original, when I looked it up, I wasn't expecting it to also be soccer. I thought it says, oh, Battle Cars, it's going to be like a like a Twisted Metal or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh no, the, the original is soccer too, what the hell? <laughs> yeah, this game, like, they announced what's going to be on PlayStation Plus for July... 
And Neil Gaff is like, oh, this is all garbage. Lucky motherfucker. And then (laughs) people are like, no, man, fucking Rocket League is going to be huge. And here we are. Rocket League's fucking huge. Yeah. They had some snags with the servers for the first couple of weeks or so. But it's starting to sound like they've got those ironed out. It's definitely touch and go. Like, I tried last night and I was not having a great time Saturday Mm -hmm. night. Like, probably overloaded. It's it's sad though because like they did the thing everybody wants. They have dedicated dedicated servers, servers yeah. And then they fucking just crash cannot. And burn the they first just weekend. they just can't handle the load. You know that a smaller developer. Yeah. You know, it's just they don't have the resources yet. But I imagine with as big as that game is, and the it, big as it, it's probably gonna be gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah. Feeling really posy about the uh, about the future of that game. <laughs> yeah. It's funny, like, they took this out, it originally showed how many people were online, so, like, the first, when it was, like, first up, but, like, crashing and burning, it said, like, 89,000 people. What? Yeah, that, that was on PlayStation, so, pretty, pretty big, good numbers. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's doing pretty well on Steam. Yeah, it was at the top, it was at the top of Steam charts, I want to say, for a week. Cool. And I think, I'm not sure if this is actually live yet, but it's supposed to be cross-play between Steam and PlayStation. Oh, that's really cool. But that, that might not actually be in yet. Yeah, they, that, they might have it's... to get their servers a little more stable first, I yeah. want to say. Because that game is no fun when it's lagging, unfortunately. Yeah. Because it kind of does GGPO rollback. Mm. So, like, you hit the ball, and then the ball just hovers in the air, then goes somewhere else. It's... That's that's got to deflate you so much. Oh yeah, it definitely deflates. Like, and then your car itself starts getting rolled back. Oh no! Like you just, oh, I've had matches where like, if I've got like a thousand ping, I'm just like, literally like just zigzagging all over the thing, and all of a sudden I just end up like on the ceiling. It's like, wait, what? <laughs> so, yeah. But when it works, holy shit, that game is fun. Yeah, I've I haven't got on the train yet, mostly because well, it's just yeah. it doesn't sound like you know the issues are solved yet, and I don't want to throw twenty bucks at something that I don't really have a lot of people to play with yet. Yeah, mm. I haven't seen this game at all. I don't even know anything about it. So, so good. It's, it's so good. It's soccer with cars. It's as insane I mean, that as you think. That cool. <clears throat> yeah, I remember seeing Top Gear do that one time. <laughs> Did, have you ever seen? I don't know if either of you ever watched that show or not. Nope. No. Oh. It can be really funny sometimes. I know nothing about cars. Well, that's the thing about the show is that it's, it's, most of it is just stupid and silly and doing ridiculous things with cars. Mm -hmm. There's also segments about cars, but uh, it can still be very, very funny even if you don't know anything about cars. And one of the things they did at one point was they, um, they did an entire soccer match with a gigantic inflatable soccer ball <laughs> and like six SUVs. Oh my <laughs> it god! Was hilarious. And the, and the Rocket League developers were watching that and they said, "We can do <laughs> clearly, it better." Clearly, but it was really funny to watch yeah. big SUVs <laughs> on a sports field playing soccer. Wow! I want to find that video now and like relabel it like Esports Rocket League. <laughs> So Man, this game, the skill ceiling for Rocket League seems so oh my high. God, yeah. So this game, it's more, it's more like Micro Machines play soccer because like you can double jump, 
or you can use your second jump as like a roll mm-hmm. and kind of kick the ball basically like if you jump mm. and then hold forward and jump again you do a forward roll and it kicks the ball really hard yeah so like you can do like actual soccer moves kind of like you can jump up and then like do a barrel roll to kick it sideways that's so crazy but wow. then you have boost power and if you jump then hit the bo- like tilt yourself up and hit the boost you you just straight up fly cuz <laughs> the boost is strong enough to just propel you so there's these trick videos of people just like hitting balls at the top of the arena like super high up and then having it go in and it's just like oh man if people like play this game for like a couple years they're going to get really good at it. <laughs> so I wonder if this actually has like esports leagues. I want to see oh, I want to I want to see this. I want to see this at Evo. I want to see what happens when you get like three people like playing as a team for a year. Yeah. And getting really good. Because it's been really interesting, interesting, like, it's been really interesting, like, seeing how kind of tactics with people online have changed over, like, the first two weeks. Like, first couple days, it was a fucking mess. Yeah. Like, everybody chases the ball. Like, you get six cars chasing the ball, and it's going nowhere. And now it's like, you have people, like, playing goalie, and you have people that know to center or take the sides. Like, Mm because the main kind of tactic is you roll around the corner in front of the enemy's goal and then somebody pushes it in. Yeah. Because it's just really interesting. Like, people know what they're doing now. That's really cool. And I imagine that you're not playing with voice chat or anything? I I don't know if there's voice chat because I've never heard anybody talk. There is text chat. Mm. And there's there's buttons for, like, quick text chat, like, nice shot. Or, like, what a save. And you can be a jerk if, like, somebody accidentally hits the ball into their own goal. (laughs) Like you say, oh, what a save. What a save! <laughs> so, wow. That game's it, so good. The first few hours of playing it, though, are frustrating because it's really hard to hit the ball. Yeah, you've got to kind of... You have to be kind of, like, predicting yeah. where it's going to go, how fast you're going, because a whole lot of that game is close shaves. And, like, you think the ball's going to be there, and you jump, and you swing, and whoop! It was two feet to my left, yeah, and I missed it. Yeah, fucking whiffed. So, yeah, you will whiff a lot. And once I start trying to fly, I'm sure I'm going to whiff even more. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. It's funny, though, because... It's kind of interesting. It's definitely a game about momentum, really. Mm. Because, like, the worst thing you can do is stop and be right next to the ball, because there's nothing you can do. Yeah. You can nudge it a bit. Take good. And then somebody will, like come drive hit it like 60 miles per hour and it'll just be like oh that's not my ball anymore so the ball's got like a good amount of weight to it to where it's not like you're hitting a big like helium field balloon or something uh it kind of feels like a volleyball maybe like it really bounces hard off the walls Mm. but like but there's some weight there because you can't just like drive at no speed if if you come to a dead stop like somebody's gonna get it away from you yeah because what happens is, like, the kickoff is so funny because it's just all three cars <laughs> facing the ball, and everybody just goes for it, and it usually comes to a dead stop. Because everybody just fucking crashes into each other. <laughs> so if you want to be smart, you hang back and guard the goal. Yeah. Because sometimes the kickoff will just go right into the enemy's goal, and it's like, oh, shit. Man, I can imagine trying to play goalie in a game like that oh, being God. Geez, yeah. such a challenge. Like, I'm scared yeah. to really try it. Because, like... 
from what I can tell, playing goalie isn't really like playing goalie in a real soccer game where you really have to be kind of hitting it if it's on your half of the field. Yeah. Because if you wait for it to get so close to the goal, like... You're already too late. You're already in trouble. So it's much more proactive, like, trying to just keep it from getting anywhere near you. Yeah. But then if you're good at that, I've seen goalies, like, a stray ball will all of a sudden go to the other side of the court, and the goalie just hits it, and it hits goes into the enemy's goal from, full, like, full field. Oh, wow. Like, they can actually be really effective because people aren't expecting it. That's really cool. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure how much more of it I'm going to play because I don't really get into online games like this a lot. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, it definitely prevented me to. It almost prevented me from finishing Ori. I think the, I think the only other time I saw you get hardcore into an online game was Dive Kick. Dive Kick and uh, Monday Night Combat. Yeah, but that was like four years ago. Yeah, yeah, Dive Kick was fun too. Yeah, still a good game. It's the yes, one. Still the one, the one true. Fighting. It's the one true game. <laughs> uh, and then Flash died. Yeah, man. <laughs> Fla- oh, Flash. Wait, the, what happened to Flash? The animation and vector program thingy, Maboob, had yeah. a bunch more vulnerabilities discovered by some hacking group, and like their their shit got leaked on the internet. And Firefox just said, "Fuck it, we're disabling Flash by default." Yeah, and I think Chrome did too. That is such a crazy thing when you think about it. Like, how many sites actually yeah. use elements of Flash? Just realizing now, like, every website you go to is, like, disabled Flash because for that couple days when it was disabled, like... Oh, just for a couple of days. Yeah. But, like, they... I was going to say... Well, yeah. This was some horrible exploit that, like, could rootkit you and, like, turn your computer into a drone or whatever. Yeah, you're, you're, you could get totally turned into a bot. Yeah, and there was no patch available for it yet, so that's nope. why, they, like, Adobe didn't have anything ready. So they were just like, "Okay, we got to turn this off." Yeah, it, it that's absolutely crazy. Yeah, that's but basically, awful. I've been making games and movies in Flash since like 2000. Whoops! So this was a little you are part fry. of the problem. Whoopsie poopsies. Well, no, I think the problem was when video <laughs> took over, like YouTube, YouTube using Flash for however long they did. They made like, they made Flash a much bigger target. Yeah, because well, true. It's weird because to me, Flash is a vector based animation program. But what people really use it for has always been video. Yeah, ever since YouTube. Yeah. So it became like this plugin that you just thought everybody's going to use forever, and then fucking gets hacked to hell. And the Facebook director is saying we need an end of lifespan for Flash. Like mm. we want it gone in eighteen months or whatever. And, like, for browsers to straight up no longer support it. And that's when I'm like, oh, fuck. It's like, there goes my entire game slash animation making career. Yeah. Because I'd already been kind of planning to switch over to Game Maker eventually, Mm -hmm. which is what I said a fucking year ago. Yeah. (laughs) You should kind of do that now. Yeah. But now I'm busy, like, archiving all my shit to make sure it works in the future. Yeah, he's, like, exporting his games to EXE format and all that fun stuff. Like, Newgrounds made a thing a while ago called Swivel that you'll... It makes really high-quality versions of Flash movies as video formats. That's really cool. Yeah, so they've... They've known this was coming for a while, and 
everybody could kind of tell Flash was on the way out, but I've been digging my heels in, but this was the <laughs> oh shit moment. Yeah. Of, I mean, it had, to, it. it had to come at some point. I guess it sucks because it's just like, it's because of fucking hackers and malicious people trying to force it out. Yeah. Like, they're ruining the for everybody. Yeah. Because it's such a good tool for making games. Yeah, like, it's it's not that hard to use. Learning action script is not that bad. Yeah. I mean, I made a fairly rudimentary. That's the word I was looking for earlier. Oh, <laughs> rudimentary. I made a fairly uh, I made a fairly rudimentary like shitty shooter engine in it with in just yeah. a day with no knowledge, just like, okay, this is how variables work. This is how calling certain things works. Okay. And then I made a shitty engine that I never did anything with because it was shitty. <laughs> yeah. Wow, thanks, Rhett. But then it's say hey, focus on the shitty. It's just sad seeing people like commenters on Kotaku like, oh, Flash isn't good for anything. It's like, excuse me, fucking Binding of Isaac is Flash. Yeah, it's like one of the biggest fucking success stories to come out of indie games. Yeah. Like, Mm. even now people are like, Flash is still super useful for prototyping ideas real quickly. Mm -hmm. So. Vlambeer prototypes in um, Flash, I believe. What's that, that... Luftrausers, is that Luftrausers him? was that, in Flash. That is a Flash game. Yeah. That's on Newgrounds, like the original version. Yeah, the original Luftrausers. Yeah. Like, you can make good shit in Flash. Yeah. Absolutely. It's just like... Like all of Rhett's games that you can play at his website, <laughs> inconsequentialexistence.com. But only if you have Flash Player installed but right now. But only if you have Flash Player installed. Go play them, they're good. But it's like... It's just frustrating when people take out their aggression on, like, the platform itself, like, kind of like when people disparage RPG Maker games. Yeah. Because, because it's an easy-to-use tool, there's a lot of good stuff and there's a lot of crap. Yeah, it's just like, it, oh, it, people yeah. are, people have been doing that to Vlambeer for the last week or so, saying that their games aren't real games because they're made in oh, Game God. Maker. And it's like, are you kidding? So what? Vlambeer's <laughs> games are pure, uncut, arcade action. Like, how do you get more game than that? That's silly. It's like saying Corpse Party isn't a game because it was originally designed in whatever it was designed in. <laughs> what was it designed in? Was that uh, an RPG maker? It was either RPG maker or uh, one of those visual novel makers. I think it was the RPG maker, if I remember correctly. No, one or the other. Anyway. Yeah. yeah I'm it's, it's real shitty, Rhett. Busy trying to fix my website. Oh. Like, it was just... Like, the header at the top was flashed. I'm just like, oh, God. So every page I go to was giving me this error. Oh, no. So it's like, oh, I've got to learn how to do an image map now. Oh, image maps are easy. Yeah, they're easy. But then it's like, oh, but I want the buttons to highlight when I mouse over them. And then after, like, two hours, you know what? I don't fucking care anymore. (laughs) Yeah. It's just I've found that, like, I, 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 like, I value simplicity in design. Yeah. As my site kind of proves. Your site has highlighted buttons when you mouse over them. I think it's a JavaScript uh, thing that just switches between two images. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, the way I my header was designed, that yeah, would have been yes. it wouldn't have worked quite as smoothly. Because then it's like I'm downloading JavaScript packages from to, like, do it on an image map, and I'm just like, you know what, I uh, really don't care anymore. Like, that this would is be... why I used Flash to begin with. Yeah. And... It's frustrating looking at, like, all those sites we made. Like, I load up Giant Bone. Oh, no. And there's, like, three Flash things on the front page. I'm like, yeah. oh, fuck. Yeah. And, and there was the entire site that you did one year uh, for yeah. SMPS.3.0. 
But at least that's good because it was just one file. Yeah, and you could just make an exe out of that. Yeah, but Giant Bone is like... Oh, no. 20 HTML pages that each have Flash files all over them. Oh, God. So it's like, oh, I don't know if this is getting fixed in any... Yeah, if it, needs, if it needs to die a slow, lonely Oh, no, it'll never die. I won't, oh. I won't let this stuff die. <laughs> I like our jump dokes too much. You like our jump dokes. I like our jump dokes too. Blah, blah, blah. Too talky. <laughs> Mouth is dry now. That's all I got. All right. Well, um, seeing as how I am a hardcore gamer, I only play these big, <laughs> awesome games that are super casual. AAA. I played an awesome little iPhone game. Android game. Ooh, I'm doing my John voice because you played a phone game. <laughs> uh, I played a game that you've probably seen infecting your Twitter uh-huh. all over the place called Alpha Bear. What is this? This is just a cute little word game. All you do is you create like you start out with uh, rows of letters that, and you just make words, you know. Like you do, and then bears start appearing, and then as you know, as you as you clear out more letters on the grid, the bears get bigger. So the object is to just make the biggest bear possible, but you can't always do that. So instead, you just make a bunch of different sized bears, um, and after a certain amount of words, um, the letters will turn into rocks that you can't make words out of anymore. So it forces you to kind of think like, well, I need to use these O's now or they're going to block off my route toward creating a bigger bear. So it, it, it's really cool. And it's just such a simple and elegant design that, um, and the free to play stuff isn't really grody yet. And I've been playing it for three days so, like, and usually games like this kind of show their really ugly side pretty fast. Yeah. Um, but I, I um, there is an option to, like, like, the expendable resource you use to pay to play is uh, honey. And you can buy an infinite supply of honey for four ninety nine, which I'm probably going to do because I like the game that much. Uh, but you can also just, like, hit a button to like make your phone watch a video for 15 seconds or something and you'll get 50 extra honey. So it's just like, it looks like they're doing a lot of the right things um, in trying to make it as not scummy as possible. There is another currency uh, called, uh, that's just uh, coins and it looks like you use those to just play for, uh, to, to play a different board uh, and when you finish it, you have a chance at unlocking different uh, rarer bears but from what I've seen so far, you can still get all of the rare bears from just clearing uh, normal levels as usual. Um, and it's got, like, cool little spins on it. Like, it's like, oh, well, on Sunday, uh, you can't, uh, like, like you, you don't get any points for words made with W, O, R, and K. <laughs> So, oh, and, and like every day, ha- yeah, and like every day has got like a really cool theme like that. Uh, like uh, Saturdays was like, oh, it, it's a party, so you get extra bonus points for fun, like using the word, you know, the letters F U N. Um, and um, what day all- do you get points for using the letters F U C K? March sixty ninth. Oh, okay. Um, but. Um, <laughs> 
Let's see. Yeah, it's got like you know, like there are boss stages that have different like little things like that, or it's just like I know, make as many words as you can in ninety seconds, and you know, and if like you get X amount of score, you get to move move to the next world. But um, it's just this really simple, elegant, and just kind of like almost viral at this point with all of the with all of the images I'm seeing because like once you complete a level and unlock a bear. It'll appear, and it'll be it, the game will take a photograph of it, and it'll like have these pre-generated phrases, but it'll plug in words that you made during that play session. Okay. So like you can let any, and there's like a refresh button you can keep pressing to uh, keep making it cycle in different words and phrases. So you can get some really funny things like. Yeah, I I ended up getting dick a couple a couple of times. Let, yeah. I pulled up one of your screenshots here. <laughs> Let me say what it says. My penis and your harem make a beautiful combination. <laughs> so you guys keep sharing these lewd screenshots. I'm like, what the fuck is this game? It's just a word game, and they they they've picked like this perfect way to get the word out about the game because. I only started caring about the game because I saw other people. It's like, what the fuck is Alpha Bear? What? I keep seeing this. And then I go and look at my phone and it was like, Alpha Bear. I'm going to make this thing say dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than the game that I've been, the, the, the iPhone mobile game that I've been playing. What was that? I've been playing um, uh, 10 Billion Wives. Oh, I've seen you posting screenshots of this. <laughs> yes. And 10 Billion Wives is, 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 I guess you could call it a game? It's like a cookie um, clicker thing, isn't it? Yeah, basically. Um, the numbers just keep going up, and yeah. as they keep going up, you click on little on the, the, the wives, and you can level them up to make it low, the counter go up faster and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but it's just so damn cute. Yeah. And it's... You know, if you're like me and you, you know, identify as a lesbian, this game suddenly becomes completely and totally lesbian inclusive. Exactly. Because, I mean, who doesn't want, what lesbian out there does not want to marry, I don't even, the last time I looked at the game, I had more wives than I literally knew how to count. As in, what is a hundred quadrillion? Because I don't even know what that number is. Close your eyes um, and count to fuck. <laughs> basically. I mean, I was making small galaxies worth of people. I mean, about, <laughs> there are six billion people on the planet, and I got to the point where I was in the quadrillions. Welcome to Wife Galaxy. This is exactly. Cookie Clicker. It's Cookie Clicker, basically. Okay. These are kind of common on the phones now. Like, there's another one that's kind of really popular, like Businessman Adventurer or something. <laughs> Uh, and it's basically the same thing where you buy people to bring in money for businesses and stuff, but it's really just you wait. Right, but see, uh. no one has been smart enough to put that with cute anime girl wives. And also, they, the artwork in it is surprisingly nice, I think. Um, as you keep going, you can actually unlock artwork for each of the different types of wife that you can get. Uh-oh. Um, if you, if you really, <laughs> like, you can level them up and stuff. Um, and it's nothing sexual, but they're really they're really cute, and I like the the style of whoever drew the art. I think it looks nice. Um, it's a complete waste of time. 
Um, but it's a very cute waste of time, and it's really funny to just be able to say, I'm married to more wives than there are, are on this planet. <laughs> That's kind of greedy. Share a little. Jesus. I mean, I'm making, I'm, I'm breeding whole planets of wives for everyone. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Well, that that that's good. But since it's me, I'm only allowing lesbians to have it. Oh, poor rat. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay, rat. You'll get your time in the shine as a man someday. You you have Earth. We have lesbian galaxy. Yes. That'd be a great galaxy in Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> Rosalina, Stop. Peach, Stop. what are you doing? <laughs> Stop tribbing time. It's a tribadism joke. I have a no point here. <laughs> so yeah, Alpha Bear, it's really cute. You should give it a try if you've got a capable um, smartphone device. It's just silly. You can pick it up and play it for like five minutes or something at a time. Clear a board or something and it's easy to just pick up and put down and I've been playing it a long time, and I usually stop playing mobile games after 15 minutes because I think they're all garbage. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I really like this one. I'm probably going to throw the $5 at it to kind of show the support, the same way I did for uh, Jetpack Joyride when they had a coin doubler. I bought that um, yeah. just because it was just like, yeah, here's a thing. They, I yeah. mean, you, 5 bucks is not that much. Like, they're not even asking for a ton. Yeah, it's it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> So there's um, that. So that's video games. That's video games. Now we get to talk about the other awesome stuff nobody ever wants to hear me talk about. <laughs> oh, can I can I throw in an interjection there real fast before we move on? If you have to. Um, I did find the name of this game, and I have actually linked you the website um, okay. for it. It's called uh, Majin Shoujo Chronicle 2D Act Dark Witches Story. Um, I have to think check out the if, link. I have to think that if that would have been out here, I would have known. <laughs> yeah, I never yeah, heard of this. Yeah, you definitely would have. Um, but look at it; it's really quite cool. Um, oh, you can see the 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 meter down here: speed, wing, which is like how long you can float. Is this thing gonna auto play a video if I look? No. Okay, good. No. Um, but also, uh, apparently they released it on the Vita as well. So if you have a Japanese Vita account, you can get it. Mm. Um, it's 400 yen, which is less than $4. Yeah, it's still cheap. And it's, a quite, it's quite a, a long game for that price. Cool, cool. cool. So, so video games are stupid, and we won't talk about those anymore. <laughs> we'll talk about dumb things like music, because everybody loves it when I do that. Yep. Everybody loves it. Hey, Rhett. Yeah? Did you hear that another band from the 90s are kind of like getting back and doing their thing again? Oh, man, I love Soundgarden. Oh, dude, that was like 2012. Oh, wait, they did get back together? Yeah, they got I back. I know that part of the Yeah, they got back together in 2012. They released... I picked the worst possible joke there. <laughs> to say, your joke failed by being correct. <laughs> yeah. King Animal's pretty good, though. I like that album, so... Um... Get the vinyl if you can, because the CD master is terrible. Oh. Um, uh, but <laughs> fucking Veruca Salt, out of nowhere. What? Out of nowhere, you may remember them from their mid-90s <laughs> one-hit wonder hit Seether, um, which I, I, th I, I think that they don't get enough credit, because that whole album was pretty good. That 
that's still my favorite album. Yeah, it's their best. Um, so, like, yeah, I saw that it was coming up. That like, cause like, this has just been the year for band revivals. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like we had uh, Slater Kenny in uh, January, um, Faith No More, and now it's just like Veruca Salt. Okay, sure, this band yeah. that <laughs> that had like really, you know, kind of just like one really great album and kind of floundered a bit after that and broke up and everybody kind of went and did their own thing, but they're back together and they released Ghost Notes. What do you think of it, Rhett? Yeah, I wasn't really hot on it. I think that I think that it gets off to a good start. Yeah, I think it starts strong and it ends strong, and there's like eleven songs in the middle. That and I'm then not there's sure a, yeah, eleven songs in the middle are fucking raw. They're raw. <laughs> They're undercooked. You're gonna kill somebody with that. <laughs> Salmonella. Oh my god. Yeah, I just kind of was bummed. Like, cause it got off to such a really good start, and it was just like, oh no, you're kind of losing me here in the middle. This middle's all mushy and kind of <laughs> disgusting and not good at all. And then, it, it, then it's got a pretty strong finish. Last I really like the last song. Yeah, really, really good. Um, so, Mike, I have a question for you. Hmm? Did you listen to their albums between when Nina Gordon left? No. Oh, because <laughs> I was gonna say I think I like those a lot more now. Oh wow! Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I just, I just kind of like, I couldn't get into anything they did after, after uh, the album was Seether. I just really uh, not even their second album. It was all right, but it kind of felt, I don't know, too much of the same. Yeah, like they definitely kind of went in a pop direction, almost maybe. Yeah, and then this album, the new one, is like a continuation of that. Yeah. When, like, the albums between there, uh, what are they called? Resolver and Four. Mm-hmm. They're angry. Oh, <laughs> and angry. I like that. I like angry. Like, Resolver is just this one big fuck you, why did you leave the band to Nina Gordon. Oh, wow. I it's, never picked up on that. I'll have to find... I'll I have swear to... to God, like, every song is either about, like, a breakup or, very, like, it's very unsubtle. Hmm. I'll have to check that out again. That's all. Yeah. Point. See what. The, see if because I, I never picked up on that. Huh. And then kind of re-listening to those two albums now, like they have louder louds and more quiet songs than the new album. Like hmm. there's actually ballads and slow songs on them as well. Oh. And, the, and the new album is just like, just kind of poppy hit after poppy hit. Yeah, it's like every song I felt was just kind of like trying to pull my ear and hope that I would think, hey, this is a radio jam. Yeah. Yeah, and it just kind of... One, it's one note, basically. Yeah, ghost notes. They weren't <laughs> wrong. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm actually going to see them in concert soon. Oh, really? Yeah, my dad got tickets. I bet they're going to play more old stuff than... <laughs> That well, new album. <laughs> I th- I think they will play from the new album though. Oh, obviously, yeah. But I don't well, like like I know that Faith No More. They've they've just like almost been playing their entire new album live, and you just oh, don't wow. and you just don't see that kind of confidence when you know, especially when a band you know is just coming back. You know, they usually kind of like play it safe and stick to the older stuff. But yeah, like, Faith No More just like they're busting out you know seven of ten songs from their new record nightly. Mm. Wow. 
That's uh, that definitely takes some. Uh, it, it means you stand behind. It, stand, it means you stand behind your work. Oh, people get so mad when you do that, though. I was oh, I know. Say, people don't want that. Yeah. They don't want that, but like, if I'm an artist and I really like my new album and I want to play it, f off. Yeah. Oh yeah. So I asked my dad. The real question is: Are they going to play anything from Resolver. the albums that didn't have Nina Gordon on them? Oh, there's no way. If okay, so do. you and my dad have both said no fucking way. If they do, I will be highly, highly shocked. I really. That's what I'm most excited to see. Is if they do how, that, how awkward would that be? Just play one song from it. Just play the single, <laughs> no. and then play something from the Nina Gordon solo album. There you go. That's how you. Oh, that's your yeah. mea culpa. Keeping it out. There you go. That's the mea culpa right there. Yeah. Just do one from each or something. There you go. That'd be so funny, though. <laughs> cool. I just wonder, like, what those talks are like. Yeah, like, like if how... they just like, we don't talk about those two albums ever again. Those are not Veruca Salt. I'm Veruca Salt. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> uh... Ooh, egos, egos, lead singer syndrome, huh? Yeah. yeah, that'll kill your band real quick. Boy, her solo. Well, somehow career. they got back together. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sometimes it just works out. Sometimes people just really need money. <laughs> uh, yeah, that too. I mean, come on, Van Halen's still going. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and they've been through like eight singers. <laughs> so the the answer is, if you're a one hit wonder in the '90s, how long does that money last? Yeah, After I know. 2015. Yeah. Yeah, it's just like... Well, it just depends on what you did with it. Yeah, I know. I'm being oh. silly. He's being facetious. Because Blur also got back to together this year. Yeah. It's just... Oh, yep, I remember that band from the 90s. Yeah, but, but you know, Blur still has that artistic credibility. That album yeah. was fantastic. Yeah, that's... Yeah, I definitely like that one more than the new Virgo Salt. Oh, definitely. It's kind of funny, though, like... Because that album almost felt like being too safe when I first listened to it. And then it does have its own sound compared to their older stuff. Like it, where the Vergasalt album just seems like, yep, it's more. You made that. You made that again. It's like, even though the Slater Kenny album is safe, there are still moments on it where it's just like, yeah, you, you guys did something really cool with what, you know, the time you had apart and came back together, your influences banged together and it all worked together whereas the Veruca Salt album is like you said it's just kind of like yep you did that again yeah so you gotta wonder like is your heart in the right place or do you just need money <laughs> it's now just I like to... <laughs> we saw everybody else doing it so we might as well put the band back together and see yeah. what we can do I want the reunion for the version 2.0 Veruca Salt now oh god <laughs> get the band from 4 back together It'll be like uh, Black Sabbath. They'll just be like two different bands. Oh God! Or um, uh, 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 shit, 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 shit. I forgot the name. Never mind. No. I'm an. I, I know the band because I listened to them, but I forgot their fucking name. Mars Volta. <laughs> Queensrÿche. Uh, you like Queensrÿche? There's Queensrÿche, and then there's Jeff Tate's Queensrÿche. Uh. That's a real thing. Believe oh, me. Oh, weird. <clears throat> And I think it's actually called Jeff Tate's Queensryche. <laughs> That's pretty silly. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um, 
Uh, I also got into um, album a friend sort of like recommended to me, uh, just sort of off the cuff, was uh, by a dude named Bus Driver. It's a great name for a, a Bus dude. Driver. Bus Driver. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> he's an art rapper from out of California, and he just like, the only way I can describe it was, imagine if Tom York wanted to uh-huh. wanted to make a rap album. Oh my god. <laughs> it is just as heady. The production is just as out there. Uh and the guy's just like really smart, lyrically dense. It's just like really cool sounding stuff that you don't typically hear in a hip hop record. Like like the beats are not your typical four four stuff. I mean this is just like I haven't even bothered to try and counting the, the 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 time signatures on some of the songs because it's just like and he's and, and the, like there are times when the guy is rapping but it's not even like how is that a time signature that works with this beat at all what you're doing with your mouth <laughs> and it's just it's really you know and he's also got a great singing voice at the same time so he's got like you know he doesn't have people singing his hooks he's doing everything himself from what i understand he did a lot of the production himself as well um which kind of fits you know if it's a you know a guy that's saying all of these really weird abstract kind of things and painting his lyrics more like uh, a rock uh performer would rather than a rapper you know it kind of makes sense that his beats and like the way he's produced would kind of just be really freaking out there um but yeah, uh, Bus Driver, Perfect Hair. It's a great album. I'm really thoroughly enjoying it. Kind of bummed I missed out on it last year. Uh, turns out the guy's got like nine other albums, though. So I oh, guess geez. I guess I've got, you know, plenty of stuff to continue checking out once I'm tired of having perfect hair. Good album. Good stuff. So that, that that's all I've been doing. I haven't had a lot of time to do much over the last couple of weeks. It's just been incredibly busy. My own yeah. fault. It was my own fault. Aww. I'm the one that scheduled everything. I'm an idiot. <laughs> um, so, Rhett, I have a question for you. Uh-huh. How's that old early access doing? Mm, it's hanging in there. It's hanging in there. Huh? It's doing what it can, right? There was an update for Broforce. There was an update for Broforce. Yeah, they put more aliens in. All right. So, Brett, Hi. We, know, we know early access is it's, oh it's, boy. It's, it's hanging in there, but I know that you've got some news that you want to talk about. Some fucking Kickstarter news. Oh, baby. Uh-huh. So, this launched... Actually, let me back up a bit. If there's one thing I keep saying is my biggest disappointment in gaming, would you know what that is? <laughs> I don't. So, are you going to say it, Polly? No, I I want you to say it because I just love hearing the pain (sighs) in your voice every time you say it. It's when Mega Man Legends Three got canceled. Oh, well, I was very, very disappointed. And all, I mean, and really, (laughs) I I can't think of anything to say about that (laughs) myself. Well, speaking (laughs) of that, actually, you know, oh, sorry. Our co-host, John, is actually playing the first game right now, and I think he's on to the second now. Mm-hmm. So next week, we will be hearing more about Mega Man Legends. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh boy. I think I, I would like to point out, though, that 
regardless of your feeling on the game itself, I think the fact that it got canceled with so much overwhelming support behind it really shows what's going on with the video game industry. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Put money into anything that they're not 100% certain about, even when there's 50,000 people online saying, we will buy five copies of this game. And I think it's going to kill... It's going to kill companies. There's going to be other companies that start up, and it's not going to die completely, but it's definitely going to, you know... The the bigger companies are having this For the industry, yeah. The big companies... Like, Capcom has kind of been in a weird place for a while. They're totally happy with HD remakes now. And I mean, Konami... Konami's going to go make... They're going to go make Pachinko machines, so... They're doing the smartest thing and just getting the fuck out of video games. Yeah, it's just, might as well. At this well, point. I mean, if you don't have anyone in your company left that knows what a video game is anymore, <laughs> yeah. why bother? Yeah, it's a freaking Atari strategy. I mean, just why why keep doing this? So, anyways, right after we finished the podcast last week, a new Kickstarter went up. Yep, and in fact, I actually think I mentioned it uh, at the very end of the episode. I was like. And Inafune is teasing a thing called Red Ash, which means Redash, because it's Mega Man Dash again. Yeah, and I was already and I down was on it. I was super happy. I was already angry. And then this Kickstarter came out, and people were like, what the fuck is this? What are you doing, you piece of shit? There's this good video, I forget, I think it was Super Bunny Hop, called, like... How not to run a Kickstarter. Yeah, how not to. I think that was on... Uh, I think uh, Game Trailers did yeah, that. Yeah, Game actually. Trailers. Yeah. Either way, like, immediately, just negativity all around this Kickstarter. People don't know what it is. There's an anime Kickstarter as well, so he's asking for money in two places. 90% of the game is locked behind the stretch goals. You so, haven't released Mighty Number no. 9 yet. Yeah, Mighty Number no. 9 is out, and that also kind of had a rough transition for, during development. Yep. So so there's information for people who want to look up why this thing was so maligned at the start. But then it got better. Oh yeah. This is the Kickstarter that keeps giving and it keeps giving. giving. So I during the first day I went from like super super excited <laughs> to just like, no nah, come on guys, it'll be fine. Just give him money. <laughs> to like heartbroken to just screen capturing your withdrawal yeah just like by the end I'm just like defeated just like just let it burn fuck this (laughs) so oh right okay so the big one of the criticisms of the Kickstarter was that it was for PC only there was no console version oh so they announced they're going to do a console version. Oh no. Literally announcing a console version because <laughs> which game or which platform they're going to do a console version of will be a, in a poll held after the Kickstarter ends. After the... So give us money now and if you want a Wii U version, well, you better vote and vote for Wii U. If you want a PS4 version, well, you can't please everybody. Which is just crazy. That is crazy. That's like saying, please crazy. please give us money for a game that you might not actually be able to play. Exactly. Like, if you don't have a PC, you still shouldn't donate to this. Because then, 
you might not get the version you want. But, but so, it, not it, even it, the version you want that you can physically can yeah. play. The entire game is hidden behind stretch goals. Yeah, that's the that was the initial thing, which is like this it's is like, the Cal Conan incident, and if we get to eight hundred K, we'll do episodes one through three, and if we get to one point three million, we'll do episodes four and five, and like there's this whole map of stretch goals being laid out. Uh, and even better though is that when they announced the console port, they pushed everything else back two hundred K. Uh, so, like, now if you want episodes four and five, it went from 1.3 million to 1.5 million. Which makes sense, who's... but it's just like, yeah. Who's running this thing? Like, who is running this Kickstarter? I think 8-4-Play handles uh, oh, really? this stuff. I think so, yeah. I don't think anybody's running this thing. Because <laughs> it's weird, because the timing on this was bad, because it's right after Bloodstained, it's right after Ukulele, right. and it was during Shenmue, which just finished... And it's just, it's before Mighty Number no. Nine comes out, which was a, a damn well run Kickstarter that had everybody racing to give it money when it first launched. I gave it money. I did at, not. At the very least, I'm glad I pledged it for that because it does look like the game's going to be good, or at least decent. Well, well, it does. Okay, the last trailer was actually decent. I'm like, okay, this is looking better. Like, I want to play this now. Where some of the beta versions were like, "Oh my god, what happened?" I I still don't love the art style in that game. Yeah, the art style's terrible. It's kind of bland looking, but it got better looking. I don't know. But they just, they emailed me and were just like, "You didn't pay enough to get it, but we'll give it to you anyway." Here you go. Wait, really? Yeah. What? They just asked me to fill out a survey, and we're like, "Yeah, okay. When you're done, like when the thing's done, we'll just send you a copy." Specifically, even though you only pledged like five bucks, I, pe- I pledged five bucks, and huh. they sent me an email a couple of weeks ago. It was like, fill out the survey, and we'll send you a copy of the game. Oh, we'll see if you actually get that. Yeah, I'm yeah. not holding my breath, nor do Mr. I. Mister really... Businessman is going to be like, fuck no, we're not giving it for those cheapos. <laughs> yeah, who knows? So then, there was another update to the <sighs> saga. Of bathe, red ash. Bathe me in this wonderful drama. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm having a brain fart. I forget. Oh, right. Okay, so... Hit the piano. So When they first announced this thing, they, I feel they were upfront that this was, like, a prologue to a bigger thing. Yeah. Because the whole point is that you're not really funding, like, a multi-million dollar, like, open-world action game on Kickstarter. Yeah. So they specifically said this Kickstarter is for what we're calling the Calcon incident and it'll be like this 8 to 12 hour thing when it's done. Mm-hmm. And then maybe we'll do like Red Ash like a full game. So it felt like kind of a ground zeroes thing. We're like there's this one thing that we're doing first and then the full game later. Mm-hmm. But, and so anyways, the Kickstarter update that that they just did was okay. Originally, it was if you pledge twenty five bucks, you get the Calconan incident. But if you pledge seventy nine dollars, you'll get that and the full game afterwards. And a lot of people were just like, "What do you mean the full game? I thought we were getting the full game, even though." But I didn't feel slighted on that part. But what I'm confused about is where they are getting the money now to make the full game. Yeah. So mm-hmm. what is the point of this Kickstarter to begin with? To, to make a prototype to show publishers. So now it's like, 
they are offering things that they might not have lined up from money wise. Like, Basically, yeah. They're writing checks to their ass can't cash. <laughs> and then even worse, they had a one day special oh, no. where if you pledge forty nine dollars today only, you'll get the the Calcon incident and the full game. And oh my what? Yeah, they had a sale. Horrible, confusing mess. That's they had not... they had a Steam sale, basically on their Kickstarter. On their Kickstarter. <laughs> so, and the um, worst... yeah, go ahead. No, so um was really all I. All oh. I <laughs> so I just, I the most disappointing part to me was that like. The, the Kickstarter was going really slow up in numbers, and it looked like it was going to fail, like because they weren't even going to reach the initial 800k. But because of that sale bullshit, they're over 400 now, so they might actually make it. Inafune <laughs> is now on a very special list for me. <laughs> oh god, the Tim he... Schafer list. Yeah, guess who else is on that list? <laughs> Tim fucking Schafer. <sighs> My god. Well. So... I... It's it's weird because you would think that Inafune would learn from Capcom's mistakes how to not be like Capcom. But no, instead it sounds he like out, he's fully embraced them. He, I was gonna he say, was but Capcom. He, I was gonna say, but then he's like, well, you know what? I'm gonna make my own company and be Capcom. It's like, <laughs> oh my god, this whole thing is like, this is why we to need build... to not lose Iwata. <laughs> I want Iwata. He knows how to do crap. Inafune just dreams bigger than he can handle. Like, he wants this to be this multi-media project, like, within a day. Yeah. They're funding an anime movie. But he, like, in the anime Kickstarter, which is a separate Red Ash project, the goal only gets you five minutes. Yeah. And, like, there were stretch goals all the way up to feature-length film. It's just, like... stupid. He expected this stuff to just be a slam dunk. He didn't have to put any effort into it, like... The Mighty Number no. 9 pitch was great, and they had that awesome concept art, and they showed characters and stuff. And the, the Red Ash Kickstarter is just like, here's some black and white sketches. Give us money. Yeah, it's the most lazy, cynical bullshit I've seen in a Kickstarter in a long time. Like, they thought it was going to be slam dunk, so they didn't try. Yeah. The worst part is, is that instead of just canceling it and regrouping it, and like a few months after Mighty Number no. 9 is out, and they make it, maybe could write off that success... They're just doubling down on this in, like, these super fucking weird ways of, I don't know, console version. A console version. We'll put it on a console if you just give us money. Which console? We don't fucking know. And then fucking sales, like... A sale on a Kickstarter? Are you fucking kidding me? I don't even know how that works. Oh, my I don't Where is the money for the full version going to come from then? Because this Kickstarter sure is hell not getting it. So it's like, have they had a deal with Deep Silver in plan the whole time? Why I not show that? I would not doubt it. I would not I doubt it. With just the way the sh- the way this bullshit is shaking out, the way the Shenmue shit shook out, this you know, it's just like oh, the, this has Shenmue has nothing on this. No, it doesn't. But it's just like the way that like you've already got something lined up. You've already got a source of income. It's the same way with Bloodstained. You've already got a source of income elsewhere. You just want money. You just fucking yeah. want money. Well, no, that's not necessarily true because Bloodstain didn't have that source of money until after they started. 
I mean, but the they whole still took they, their they, damn time disclosing it. You had to fucking tie their nipples up to clamps and make yeah. them admit it. Well, that may be true, but and it was the same with Suzuki. He just like we're straight up not taking co- like questions about where our alternate funding comes from. It's just they like did... no, fuck you. If I'm they... giving you this fucking money, I want to fucking know. I remember reading on NeoGAF, like, they tried to walk that back really hard a few days later where they're like, no, 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 Sony is not funding this. They are only doing advertising money. But it was kind of too late. But that Kickstarter still did pretty good for itself. 6.3 million, new record. If I got wow. 10 million, I could make the game I yeah. really <laughs> want to make. Hint, well, hint, Sony. Yeah. They'll cough up that 4 million. You fucking know it. Don't give me that line of bullshit. We'll see. I guess I gotta hey. wonder though, like, what happened to games that they got this expensive to make? Next gen consoles. But I mean, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just stupid. But why can't we just go back to making games the way we used to make? Them? Because that's not what executives <laughs> and like that want to sell 200 million copies of something want to do but if you can but if you can sell the game if you can sell 500,000 copies of a game that yeah. costs the thing is you're talking logic $10,000 yeah, you're making sense that's the problem you cannot do that in this industry this industry yeah, has to burn before it understands yeah. two things one is that like companies like Capcom and Konami, like they don't care about the small hits; they just want the big hits. Yeah. And secondly, Shenmue is not the game you want to use as your example of games used to be cheaper. No, that well, game no. the originals were like fifty million. Shenmue. I'm not using Shenmue as that. That was, there was never ever saying that. I'm just yeah. saying. In general, yeah. So I guess that was so, in response guess... to the "if I really had ten million thing." <laughs> so, so I guess you know we can just turn this into how's Kickstarter doing, Rhett? It, uh, uh, I'm glad. I'm glad for Shenmue fans, and I'm really sad for myself and Mega Man Legends fans that Inafune is such a fucking money grubbing scumbag and fucked this all up. They fucked up the dream. <laughs> I'm I'm pissed over this. I I just can't like, help but one... I can't help but uh, revel in it in some degree. You want, to move, like, you want to move on to questions, Rhett? Before you get yeah, any sure. angry? All right. So if you want to send us questions, you got two ways you can do that. One, you can send a pot. You can send a, a one of those email majiggers. If people still use that, I think it's like a rotary phone. I don't know. <laughs> you can send one of those off to to our email address, podcast at socksmakepeoplesexy dot net. And hey, if you want to get even cooler and faster, and you know, so you know we get your question. Uh, you could follow SMPS underscore updates on Twitter and send us questions there. Before we do an episode, we tweet it out that you can send a, a question in. Uh, just like this one right here. Uh, this comes in from our artist, Sayara. Oh, what's up, Sayara? Do you enjoy fighting games? This is probably because we're Evo uh, tweeting the whole time. Uh, we enjoy watching fighting games. I enjoy Dive Kick. Dive Kick is really good. It's the I only fighting. I play actual fighting games. Dive Kick is the only fighting game worth a damn. <laughs> yeah, because it... I like Melty Blood. Too complicated. It's not two buttons. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean I didn't say I like playing it. I just said I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's fun to watch. I like Marvel vs. Capcom three in theory because it's funny to watch because it's such nonsense. But I could never ever play that. See, I got way more out of watching Killer Instinct this year um, than I did out of Marvel. Because I think that that game has just totally changed. 
Uh, it's just like watching people like go in for these big combos and just get denied and have to regroup and have to rethink it because the combo breaker. Or you can like pull off a counter breaker. A combo <laughs> breaker breaker. Jeez. Yeah, I watched the finals. Killer Instinct looked very different it's than I remembered so, it. It's, it's like, I don't want to play it, but I will watch <laughs> top level people play that at Evo any year that it's there. Absolutely. Cool. Dive kick is good. Only play dive kick, Sayara. It's the only game you really need to fuck with. Yeah. Uh, this comes in from Tengu Gemini. Have any of Have any of you experimented with console mods, either with soft mods or mod chips? Metal Wolf Chaos convinced me to try. Uh, I have a modded PS2, which is just a simple flip top, which was really freaking easy to do, and I did it for fucking Fantasy Star Universe. Oh, and I was so excited that you got to play that demo. Oh my god. I was like, tell me about the demo, Polly. Is it awesome? Is it like having sex? (laughs) (laughs) I was... I was um, fanboying on you so hard. I have uh, I have a modded um, original Game Boy Advance, uh, a backlight. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, you suck. Why? <laughs> no, because I really want one of those, and I can't get the parts for it. Yeah, the parts aren't like I don't think they're available anymore. I've been I've been looking for him badly because I have a uh, I have a Hello Kitty Game Boy Advance that I've been really wanting to put that in. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually did a backlight uh game boy pocket that's really cool um but unfortunately uh the guide had that i was looking at had it wired to the wrong place and the thing ended up messing up and uh it's dead so that's a bummer um so i yeah i've done that i've also done some custom paint jobs um, did it? Did an Utena the the anime Utena? Uh, Finally, somebody on this podcast that can <laughs> say it right. <laughs> I have the laser discs in my other room, the full box set of laser discs of that show. Anyway, <laughs> oh um, man, John missed yeah. an episode. <laughs> he missed the episode. Oh my god! <laughs> Maybe so, it's for the best. It probably is. We'd be here another four hours. <laughs> So I did. Uh, I did a Game Boy, the original Game Boy. I uh, I had one that had gotten the colors that had all gone bad in it. So I did a um, a paint job on it where I did it in kind of that Utena color scheme, and then custom made little uh, seals from the series um, that I uh, put on it. Um, and then you could switch that out anytime you wanted to with with another one that I had that was the normal Game Boy. And um, I tried fixing a PC engine one time. Mm-hmm. I did not go. I never did get it to work. Oh. It's very difficult to replace all the stupid little capacitors in that thing. Mm. Um, other than that, I I really want to mod a uh, Famicom for RGB, but uh, I don't have any of the parts for that, so... There's my modding that I can think of. What about you, Rhett? Uh, no. I've gotten devices to play Japanese games mm. instead of just modding. DCX. Yeah. Mm. I had, like, a cart for the Saturn. Mm. That would oh, yeah. Cool. I, um, also, he, I think he said soft modding as well. Yeah. Done quite a lot of that. What um, is that? 
it's basically where you're where you're modifying the the software, like the firmware. Yeah. Um, custom firmware stuff. Uh, Done a lot of that with PC, uh, um, not PC, uh, PSP and Wii. Yeah. Uh, just because the emulators on them are so fantastic. Yeah. Um, Wii especially. Wii is an emulation god. Um, you can play so many games with a good quality picture output and really good compatibility. And if you've got the right adapter, you can even use the original controllers on them. Cool beans. So, I do that a lot. Okay. We have a bunch of questions from some guy named Chronomaniac. Oh, that guy? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lord. Oh, God. I he, think he, I know this guy. He sent me like three tweets, so... Oh, Jesus Christ. Let's just go through these one at a time. Favorite weird Japanese computer games? I'm going to assume that this is for Michelle. I'm going to oh. say Toho. I like Toho. That's not weird enough. Oh, <laughs> uh, gosh. Ooh, that's a weird. Um, gosh. Let me come back to that. <laughs> well, the next question person. is pretty much for you as well. What's the, what King's Field should I start with? Um, I'm starting with two because it's the one I could find. <laughs> isn't um, isn't two named one in America? Yes, two oh, is the God. first one they released in America, so it has Final Fantasy naming. Um, uh, I I think from what I've heard, two is a good one to start with. Um, one is apparently kind of way 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 more clunky than two, mm-hmm. and I don't think the story is connected. Um, so I hear that two is a good one. Um, there was a PlayStation two one that I wouldn't say I played for like five minutes a while, a long while ago, but I don't know much more about it than that. Cause I don't remember anything about it. So I, I guess two or one, if you're in America. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess this question is also for you, but I'm not sure if you'd be able to answer. What's up with the Armored Core games? What even are those? Um, so, From Software makes those, and it's basically, if I believe they make those. Is that right? Yeah. Yes, they do. I do think yeah, so. okay. I always get, them confu- I always get it confused because I'm trying to remember who makes the Another Centuries episode, and that's also From Software. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the best way I would describe it is. I would say that basically From Software wanted to make a really good Gundam game without using the Gundam license, so they made their own. It's not like MechWarrior, where the MechWarrior games were very sort of uh, uh, utilitarian, sort of just kind of walking around, very slow, very... uh, felt very machine-y. The Armored Core games are... They're very, um, they're a lot more action. Anime. They're, 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 well, yeah, they're, but, but they're also, they're really, uh, good for people who like customizing things. Yeah. Techie kind of those, people. Those are really um, technically challenging games. Exactly. Um, you, you know, spend all this time and energy on customizing every component to work together in the best way to give you the least amount of drag and the most amount of power and the most amount of thrust and all this kind of stuff and it can get extremely technical so if you're a technical freak 
that's good. If you just want to run around and hack stuff um, in a giant mech, you can play the Another Centuries episode games, which are a lot less technical. I think the I first think. few Armored Core games, you had to like set up AI and stuff, too. Like yeah, I'm not sure. Pro- you had to program the AI of the bots that you were doing. Maybe. I think the first one I ever played was the second one. Mm-hmm. So, And I think the second one was a little bit more... User-friendly? User, fr- Yeah. Um, but they're definitely they're techie games, and you can customize the absolute piss out of things in that game. Um, whereas the Another Century's episode games are licensed too, so there's lots of like uh, you know Gundams and maybe some Avas and uh, Eureka Seven running around and like. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're not a Mecha fan, don't play that. Oh, it's not that I'm not a Mecha fan. I just absolutely despise Eureka Seven. Oh. Um, so yeah, that's the answer to the Armored Core, I guess. Um, weird PC games. Gosh, you know, I'm gonna have to take a look through my weird through my PC games, uh, Japanese PC games section. <laughs> just here. just tweet him at Chronomaniac yeah. and just send him a list. Trust oh, me, <laughs> he's a sponge and he will suck them all up. He's probably mm. played them all, actually. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise probably. me. Probably. Like I said, he does. Takari Natakai or whatever it is. What? I can't even remember the name of the damn game. Takari Natakai. Um, it's a not, stupidly not long ringing name. any bells with me. Um, I actually tend to not play the really random weird games on the old PC games. Um, I tend to play a lot of the the good stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of the porn. Well, oh. that too. Um, the the ease games a lot. Um, stuff like uh, um, Sorcerian and uh, um, interesting RPG called Azteca, which was uh, it's a I, I very rarely have I ever seen someone attempt to do an RPG about the Aztecs, right? Uh, with a lot of you know weird paranormal stuff mixed into it too. But yeah, realistically, if you've gotten one of those old PC systems, which unfortunately I don't because you can't find any of them anymore here in Japan. They send them all to America to sell for twice the price. Yeah. Um, so I wonder who's buying them all. <laughs> people like my friend Tom. Tom works at Xseed. He's one of the lead translators at Xseed. Um, and uh, he uh, recently bought an MSX and just just been buying like massive piles of games. And he bought an MSX with a fully refurbished floppy disk drive, and it's pissing me off because I can't even find an MSX <laughs> with a functioning floppy disk li- drive, let alone a fully refurbished one here in Japan. Um, I've been looking everywhere, and I can't find them. And apparently what's going on is they're sending them all over to the U.S. <laughs> they're not selling them here anymore. Some Metal Gear fans. Yeah. yeah, basically. But he's been playing some really, really random games, um, which I will would love to tell people about. Um, I tend to play, like I say, what I consider the good stuff. Um, but there's always, you know, for every ease, there's, you know, um, what was the name of that game that I just saw? Um, Sailor Fuku Bishoujo Zukon Volume <laughs> 1 through 6. Um, 
or um, what was that one? Some some battle. Oh, what was it called? Some. It was a game where you would. It was a game where like some girl came from the future, and then there was a lot of nudity. But you also played uh, rock paper scissors over and over again <laughs> to get the nudity. Oh, skin battle, super battle skin panic. Um, That's wow. It's like, but the thing is, like Gynax did the art for it, <laughs> so the art is actually surprisingly good. But it's basically a weird game with a weird plot about some girl coming from the future and then you having to go and do naked things to other naked to other girls. <laughs> but the this whole sounds... gameplay is rock, paper, scissors. This sounds like my new favorite weird Japanese computer game. <laughs> yeah. Super Battle Skin Panic. You can look that <laughs> one up. Yep. Just type that into the Google over here. <laughs> also, if you ever see want to see an, a re- I'll, I'll throw out two more real fast. Interesting combinations, and I mean actually interesting, like halfway decent uh, combinations of of gameplay slash good stories and porn. Um, is uh, one is called Steam Hearts, which you may have heard of. I know that name, yes. Um, it is one of those top-down shooter kind of Toho kind of games, yeah, with porn scenes in between, yep. hentai scenes in between. Um, quite an interesting game. Uh, the, the the gameplay is actually quite good, um, so very interesting to check out. There's different versions of it, yeah. depending on which system. If you have it on one of the old PCs, or if you have it on PC Engine, I used to have the PC Engine version, and I sold it because I was in Japan. I didn't have any more money, and I was like, didn't have a job because I was just a tourist. You're just like money, money is more important than titties right now. Yeah, basically. I really messed that one up. Anyway, wish I hadn't sold Way it. Way to prioritize. Well, I got it for like 4,000 yen, and now I haven't seen it for anywhere less than like, you know, 12,000. <laughs> so I'm really wishing I had not sold it. But um, the other one is a, there's a, there's a game called You Know, you, like Y-U-N-O, um, which is a hentai visual novel you have never played a hentai visual novel like it. Um, I've never played a hentai visual novel. I well, find okay. that hard to believe, right? <laughs> well, if you haven't, then I suggest you play this one and then just not play anyone ever, <laughs> anyone, any other one ever again because this is the one to play. Um, the designer of this game was one of the first and only people to sit down and say fuck this mess, I really want to make a game that tells an amazing story. So he sat down and actually did that. And the first couple ones he did really got the attention of some game companies and he ended up getting a job for with a um, big time hentai game maker, who at the time was releasing, you know, shovelware hentai visual novels. But they had all the best artists and he had a friend who was a really good sound composer. So they got together with their um, magnum opus, as you will, or whatever. I don't even know if I said that Latin phrase right. I don't study Latin. Anyway, um, called You Know, uh, the girl who dreamed something time. I don't remember the exact title of it. But um, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a hentai game, 
But it's a girl. Oh yeah, the girl who chants love at the edge of the world. It's a about um, a boy whose father goes missing, and his father had been working on this science experiment, and you start to unravel this really weird story about alternate dimensions. Basically, it plays out kind of like a time travel game. Except it's not time travel, it's actually dimensional shifting. And you get these items throughout the game that will allow you to shift from one dimension to another at different points in the timeline. So as you're playing the game, you can actually... um, You can sort of Chrono Trigger style, you can actually go back and change and open up new storyline paths by by starting from a different timeline where you have altered the timeline by shifting from one dimension to another. Um, so the story is constantly changing around you as you play. You unlock new things by going backwards and redoing old things um, and seeing how that affects the universe. And so the story is ever-changing and it unfolds in a really interesting, unique way. Um, and you could play the game without the hentai scenes, and it would be one of the coolest things you've ever played in terms of like just the way they've done the story and everything. But if you like sex, <laughs> there you go. Um, the Dimensional sex dungeon. Cool. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, no, there's a, there's a really deep mystery to it, too. Um, but the characters are wonderful, and um, the music is amazing. The music is fantastic. If you, even if you just don't even bother playing the game, just go find the music. Um, and there's a group that did a translation for it, and they not only did a translation for it, but they actually met with the the people who originally made the game and said, you know, we freaking love you. Please help us, and they did. So. What they did was they took the three different versions because there was a there was a PC ninety eight version Japanese PC ninety eight then there was a Sega Saturn version and then there was a uh, um, Windows PC version and they took the best parts of all of them and put them together to modify the the Windows PC version so they uncensored things that were censored. Um, use higher resolution art when they had higher resolution art used um, voice a- added in voice clips that weren't there so on and so forth and made like this perfect version of it and fully translated it into English and the original game designers were like helping them do it so it it was really it's like this really amazing effort on their part and then right after they released it both the the sound designer and the well, during the production, the sound designer died, and during after they released it, the creator died, and they were like forty. Jeez, it was like what really, the hell? it was like really crazy. Yeah, they just they like died like forty or forty-five, random like illness. So, this is like this weird sort of in the annals of computer PC Japan world. This is like the one thing I would recommend you check out. Awesome. Sorry, that went too long. Anyway, <laughs> you can uh, come. You can talk now, Rhett. <laughs> yeah. Go. What's, ev- what's everyone's first experience with Mega Man Legends? I borrowed it from a friend and played it to completion shortly after it came out. Yep. 
That was on N64, right? Yep. There was yep. a version on N64. With blurry textures. With very blurry textures. Does it have the voice? It must. I want to say it did, because I think by that time uh, they had already had the compression techniques that they were using uh, yeah. to port Resident Evil 2. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Those both Capcom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I think I played three minutes of it on the '64 <laughs> at one point. Oh, Everyone around me told me it was the greatest game ever. I personally didn't get it. I thought I was just. I remember when I first saw it. My first experience. Um, my very first uh, impression of it was, why the hell is he so skinny? My first impression was, wow, they've really got this face animation thing down. Because their characters are super expressive. Yeah, even now that stuff looks pretty good. Yeah. Really? Very cute and charming. It's almost like somebody should make a new one of those. Nah, I'd <laughs> never go anywhere. Uh, next question. What Western RPGs do you enjoy? Mass Effect? Yeah, so this is from John, Chronomaniac. And I was just thinking when talking to him, like, I don't even know what Western RPG really means. Like, because that genre kind of became so homogenized or, like, turned into shooters. Yeah. Like, Mass Effect turned into a shooter, and then Fallout turned into a shooter. And then yeah. there's Dragon Age, which I haven't played. I like, uh... I like the Skyrim first Skyrim I like uh, Diablo 1 and 2. Those are <laughs> mm. good. Is that a Western RPG, though? See, I wouldn't classify those. I don't even know. Yeah, they know. are. Oh, yes, they are. They're very much... Western Those RPGs. are like point and click thingies. <laughs> they're they're very much RPGs. Just because you point and click does not make them <laughs> less so, RPGs. Especially those first two games. Those are very rooted in stats. Very rooted in yeah. character builds. They're clicker heroes. No, not that. No, <laughs> not dog. Um, the I'm... same could be said for Baldur's Gate. Yeah. I mean. You can't, you can't, just because you're pointing and click, you can't deny the fact that this is literally tabletop RPG turned into a video game. Fucking John is ruining my podcast and he's not even here <laughs> this time. Skip that fucking question. We answered it. Okay. Next. Well, that's it. That's it from John. Good. This one, Good. This one comes in from Raquel. Uh-huh. Will you watch streams on twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick? Absolutely. I will always watch streams on twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. Yes, I love twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. I don't know what twitch.tv slash Eric Joystick, and you said it right. <laughs> well, I can tell you. It's a thing we plug every episode. If, if, you want, if you want top quality gaming streams, you go to twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick. I will do that momentarily. He's not streaming right now. He's got back problems. Well, I will figure out what it is momentarily. <laughs> He's in Hawaii, too, so I imagine it'd be even worse for you to try and catch him alive. Not on the weekends. Good weekends is nice, because I wake up in the mornings with nothing to do. Mm. Next. This one comes in from Chelsea. Mm-hmm. She probably doesn't want me to read it anymore. The old Chelsea What you got for us? <sighs> Would Brett's balls... <laughs> I love this already! <laughs> ...be called reticles? I just want to say that's a podcast. I know there's probably questions left, but it's just like, how do you top that? Nope, that's it. That's it. That's the end. That's it? That's it? Well, they want to take A's. (laughs) (laughs) 
Radicals! <laughs> <laughs> she saved this episode. She saved this episode from the shitter. I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, Michelle! I want to thank you for taking the time to join us on this very dumb thing that we do. Hey, I wasn't doing anything anyway. <laughs> Good. Uh, <laughs> where which I mean you're welcome. Uh, give us a... Where, where can people find you if they want to keep up with you? Uh, Twitter uh, is uh, Atelier, which I don't know how to say, uh, okay. underscore Michi. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you can look for... Uh, um, the whole YouTube uh, backslash Michelle Bell's underscore gaming or no Michelle Bell's gaming one word. Cool. Set where we can find you. Is that it? Got anything else? I think that's it right now. So you're saying if we tune into Twitch.tv slash Eric's Joystick, <laughs> we won't find you there. Oh, you know I do have a Twitch actually. It is also under no, I think it's under Michi Chan. Mm. Uh, one word. Uh, don't use it that off that much right now because uh, Japan problems. Yeah, but, yeah, it'll do that. But occasionally I do, and if you do want to see that, um, I will always make sure to tweet about it if I am going to stream something. So Twitter's the best way to keep up with me. I think. Cool, cool. Rhett, where can we find you? In three dot com. It's under construction though. Oh, cool. Yeah. Oh, that whole flash thing. Flash yeah. is broken. Yeah. God, there's some things I need to fix on my site, but I don't think I have the oh. FLA files for them anymore. That's yeah. a bummer. Uh, it's just, uh, like, so many stupid little things. Like, yeah, I, did, I was actually looking through the archives of your site, and, like, there's the Mr. Pants video. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, I'm going to lose oh. some stuff. I was fucking What happened idling. to all the Homestar Runner archives? <gasps> yeah, they can't... Re- oh, crippling Flash will destroy the internet. Uh-huh. It's going to suck. I was idling on the page for Genesis Week. <laughs> I fucking went to the bathroom, and that last banner waits like a minute. Yeah. And it starts blaring explosions. <laughs> I'm sitting on the toilet going, oh god, what's going on? Because <laughs> it was like 2 a.m. I'm like, oh god, I'm going to wake people up. Those banners are great, though. It scared the shit out of me, though, because I didn't realize what was happening. It's literally scared the shit out of me. Just these weird Genesis crunches, like, coming from my room all of a sudden. Like, (laughs) oh, God, is my computer blowing up, literally? I didn't know what the fuck it was. Every fan in my computer just had a stroke. And I'm Polly. You can find me on my site, probably. Um, and remember, we're the podcast that loves you. We're the only ones that love you. Thank you.